Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 169th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. All right, so I'm going to try to breeze through this intro because in this episode, we're going to head out to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics in the Jurassic Wire. Aaron Beyer and I will tackle everything from merchandise to Muldoon and Honest Trailers in this monthly segment, so we hope you like everything we featured in the third iteration of the Jurassic Wire. All debates and conversations in this segment are our opinions and insights from things we've seen in the news and around the community. Stay tuned to the beginning of the segment to hear everything that we'll be discussing. As usual, we do have a little bit of business to get underway before we get started. Over on YouTube last week, we uploaded a few fun videos for you. Uh, One of the first ones being an in-store search for merchandise, and we actually came across some uh, cool Halloween merch and stuff like that, whether it was candy or costumes. I also uploaded a video where I went out on the hunt for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom on DVD since it released last week. And uh, yeah, I picked the wrong day, or they picked the wrong day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame it on them. They picked the wrong day to release the movie because it was pouring rain, and I was 100% soaked. I literally felt like I had jumped in a pool with my entire like clothes on. It was bad. So uh, check out that if you want to see me soaking wet. I don't know why you'd want that, but it's there just in case you want it. Also, we put up a video of an augmented reality Indoraptor in blue, which was kind of included with the DVD release. You could find the Indoraptor in stores by scanning a code, and the, uh, the baby blue AR feature was actually inside the DVD sleeve. So go check out those videos over on YouTube. And this week, who knows? I'm not going to make any promises because, you know, I just haven't uploaded the videos that I keep telling you I'm going to upload. They're coming eventually, so maybe this week. But why don't we get this episode kicked off with the third iteration of the Jurassic Wire. debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Roger that. one clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Copy that. Go, go! Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I'm Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. The Jurassic Wire is a segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast where we discuss all the latest news on the Jurassic saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. Now, today we're going to be discussing Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom DVDs, 
AR, Indoraptor in Blue, the Spinosaurus from Mattel, Jurassic Halls, and store merch, Owen versus Muldoon, and uh, Honest Trailers, and then we have a community spotlight. So make sure to stick around because we're saving the Honest Trailers thing towards the end of the show. I think things are going to get a little interesting, so so I think this is going to be a lot of fun. But before we do all that, let's welcome in Aaron Beyer. How you doing? Hey, Brad. What's going on? I'm good. How are you? Ah, I'm doing good. It's a, it's an interesting time right now. It's it's a, a fun time to be a Jurassic fan. You know, you have the DVD released, uh, but it's also an interesting time because of stuff like honest trailers, DVD struggles, toy struggles, but also you know a plus side to a lot of those things as well. So uh, it's it's fun. What are you gonna do? You know, as much as we complain about the struggles, um, we are tending to all forget that there was a what 15 year dry spell with <laughs> no <know>. Jurassic anything. <laughs> so. Um, you know, we'll take it as a win, I guess. Yeah, that's you kind of have to have a little bit of perspective, I guess, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I try not to get too upset. But why don't we do some some follow up, I guess, here to um, it was back in July, I guess we had discussed what DVD copies were available and stuff like that. Now that the DVD is out, uh, what did you actually pick up? So I ended up just getting – I had two originally pre-ordered. I had the Blu-ray 3D because that's the version that I worked on. And then I had ordered a copy of the um, uh, 4K single uh, edition. I ended up canceling the 4K because I think I just want to ask for that maybe for Christmas. Um, <laughs> you know, save yeah. 30 bucks that way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so then I had today – my copy showed up at my parents' house because I buy American – I try to buy American only because of um, – digital code rights and stuff like that. Like that stuff doesn't transfer to in my like American iTunes account. It's all very like behind the scenes paperwork kind of garbage. But um, so my mom sent me my digital code and then my computer, the website to go recognize it, recognize that I was in Canada and won't let me cash it in. So, (laughs) you know, whatever. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I've only seen the movie once and it's like everyone's getting to like re-enjoy it and I'm got nothing. That's, you know, that is a bummer because it was sort of like, you know, throwing it back to the day that I think it was April 16th when the toys came out and, you know, you head out to the stores and then you find nothing. It's like such a letdown when stuff like that happens. So when you actually like put the DVD code in, you're ready to watch it and then it doesn't work. (laughs) I mean, I could easily just go to the store and get like a standard Blu-ray for probably pretty inexpensive, but... In Canada, they put the – so they give you like the the image on the front of the DVD, right? But then in really random placement, they'll put the name of the movie in French. Uh-huh. And I'm so yeah. like OCD. I'm just like – but that – if you want to put the name in French, then don't put it in English. Like just one or the other. Like I don't want the title on there twice. It drives me – it drives me up a wall like OCD-wise. So uh-huh. that's another reason why I buy American only, but – it is what it is. So two things. Um, your, your DVD was released in Canada the same time as the U.S.? Yep. Okay. Because I know – I think it's November 4th or 5th for the U.K., which is crazy. Whoa. Like That's really far off. Like I understand the difference. You know, we had two weeks um, before the U.S. got the movie. The, the U.K., everybody out there got it two weeks ahead of us in theaters. But now we're getting it on DVD – it was like two months ahead of time. What What is going on there? Uh, well, so definitely in North America, there's definitely this 
stream of a movie has to come out on home video like three months after Uh the theatrical release and then digital comes out even sooner now i buy a lot of blu-rays from the united kingdom um because disney has stopped publishing 3d blu-rays in north america uh at least in the u.s all north america you can't get disney 3d blu-rays anymore so like for me that's a huge hit because that's a giant majority of my work is marvel and we do a lot of the star we do well we do all the star wars movies so like that's a huge hit that of, of work that i can't get here in the states or in canada but i've been buying off Zap this website called zavi which is a i guess kind of like an amazon of sorts out there and yeah sometimes movies just don't come out at the same time it's really yeah. weird like i don't i don't understand the logistics of that especially when and we'll get to this later but like i ordered a spinosaurus and that's going to show up in two days so <laughs> i i really like i don't get it by the time of this recording you're sitting there enjoying it man just think about that i when, hope when this hits the air oh no <laughs> Um, you know, and what was it? So that was my first thing. The second thing, what was it? Okay, so uh, we've been seeing that there are um, posters popping up. And we I think it has French on there, or at least in the advertisement. Have you seen any of these posters out there? Like, like as a bundle, like you buy the DVD and you get the posters? No, this is in Canada? Well, I don't know. I, I believe that the advertisement for it is in French, so it could be France, it could be Canada. I'm not too sure. But it is literally the same posters that were um, for sale from Barnes & Noble back in 2015 when Jurassic World came out. Do you remember those posters at all? Yeah, kind of that cl- – that, no, I'm not going to say clip art. Um, let's say like well, a 2D stylized kind it's, of art. It's it's very theme park uh, postery with the big lettering, uh, fun, sort of like Toy Story-ish kind of look to it, uh, some of the, the fonts uh, choices and stuff like that. Um, and um, I don't know. Uh, so it has the Mosasaurus on one. The Indoraptor, uh, not the Indoraptor, the Indominus, there we go, messing that up, on one, uh, the T-Rex on the other, and a Gyrosphere. And the Gyrosphere was actually in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh, with the Triceratops. So it was on the building in San Francisco uh, when they showed the DPG, the first shot uh, of that that scene. So you can actually okay. see that poster blown up on the side of a building, So which was very cool, a nice little tie-in. So that poster was actually very uh, worn and it looks, it was an advertisement for Jurassic world. It's like an in world advertisement that is now corroded and it looks terrible. looks all run down. Um, And they're selling those versions now, or at least bundling them with DVDs. I'm not too sure what's going on there. Um, So keep your eye out at least because they, they look really cool because they've, they've kind of uh, made them all look like they were worn down and old posters. Yeah, I I haven't seen those around here anywhere, but like just just for like illustrating like my reads, if you go to like Amazon.ca right and you you Google Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you pull up the Blu-ray, you'll see how stupid this is of and how OCD I am. It, it says it's the same it's the same image as the states, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but then underneath the logo and to the right, it says like, and I'm gonna butcher this for those who speak French, but it says like, Mondi Jurassic Les. <laughs> Royaume Duché or something like that. I'm like, no, no. Perfect. No. That sounded great, man. You're fluent, huh? No, I totally butchered that. But <laughs> it's still, it's just like, I, if the logo itself just had it in French, that would almost be cool. 
Uh-huh. But oh, like, of course, the, yeah. The fact that like it just is like it's, side printed to yeah. like a secondary thought is so annoying to me. I I do love alternative um, you know, font choices like the Japanese versions that oh, you see I love the it. logo. It's so great. Like that stuff's great. So I'd love that, but if it was front and center and not like an afterthought. It's, an, it's this afterthought to to accommodate those here in Canada who obviously speak French, but yeah. like I don't know, I would feel like almost like a I don't know. I just would not make as a French speaking person that wouldn't make me feel good if my native tongue was just shoved off to the side. Yeah. Well, let's talk about my struggles with the DVD. You got struggles. I got struggles, man, and I I was real upset about it because you know, like I said, you you, you get prepared in your mind like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch this movie, going to have a great time. So I, uh, I do, man, the, the entire process of getting this DVD was a big struggle. I, I decided to go out on my lunch break and I go out and it's pouring rain and not just like, you know, not just like you'll get a little bit wet, but I got completely soaked as if I jumped in a pool and then, so oh, no. no joke, 100% soaked. And then I got the DVD. I, I did it. I pulled through. Got the DVD. So later that night, after hours of sitting in wet clothes at work, I uh, <laughs> I I put it's the, the DVD. I, yeah, I put the DVD in, and the you know the Universal logo pops up. Dun, 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 dun. It actually like plays the music, and then it stops. And I'm like, oh no, what happened? So I go over, I fool around with it, you know, take it out, put it back in, does it again. And I've tried, I tried several times. It did it over and over. I threw in Avengers Infinity War. Works fine. So I didn't know what was going on. Eventually, after struggling and trying to figure it out, I actually took it back to Target. I'm like, it's got to be the disc or something. I don't know. Took it back to Target. They looked at me weird for a minute because it was opened and all that. I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. I brought a new copy home. They were they were running very low. So that's a good thing. Um, but I, I did find the same you know, version that I wanted from Target, brought it back home, put it in, did the same thing. Stopped 10 seconds or so, five to 10 seconds in the logo. Couldn't, can't you, and you can't move forward. You can't hit the menu. You can't do anything to move forward. So there's apparently some issue. I don't know what it is, whether I don't, I do you, would you know if it's a flaw with PlayStation four or is it something with uh, the DVD? Uh, so it's a Blu-ray, right? Yeah, and I think it has to do with the Blu-ray disc live or some BD live, whatever that thing's okay. called. So I've had this issue numerous of times back when Blu-ray was first getting started. Uh-huh. And now you told me you did figure it out, right? Like I what did. The yeah, issue was? I had okay. I had to turn the internet off of my PlayStation, and the DVD worked fine. But that's okay. a ridiculous solve. I don't. I shouldn't have to do that. So back in the day. When Blu-rays were first getting started, they would release Blu-rays and the publishers wouldn't push out the code, the update to your Blu-ray player. Now, when there's like a hundred iterations of Blu-ray players out there, maybe the random one you bought wouldn't get an update to play the new movie like right away. So like I can literally count. I mean, it's not a ton, but like five or six times. That's unacceptable Mm -hmm. where I'd bring home a movie and not be able to watch it for like another week because – they were like pushing out code. Now, also the problem could be what the internet does with Blu-ray is it allows them to update trailers. So if you pop in that movie in the next like five years, you're uh, going to get different trailers. 
Really? I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, because yes. I actually popped it in and there was a commercial for a show that debuts like tomorrow. And I was like, wow, right. that's fantastic that they got that on there. I'm actually interested in watching it. No, when you – well, I mean maybe that one's embedded in the Blu-ray because you turned your internet off. But that's, if you put that, well, in, if you put that yeah. Blu-ray in in the next five years, let's say in three years you put that Blu-ray in, you might get a trailer for Jurassic World 3. Like because that's what the internet huh, okay. does. So all those trailers for the most part come through the internet. You're streaming those trailers wow. because they're like, oh, well, you're watching this movie. Why don't you see the newest thing coming out from Universal or Disney or whoever it is? So maybe okay. there was some kind of glitch in the – like trailer system or something. I don't know. That's, that's super weird. I've never had that exact issue, but I do know that the internet allows for um, updated trailers. Well, there you go. I, I mean, I guess you learned something because uh, that, that would probably be the thing. It's just maybe they haven't pushed out a code yet. So you would think that maybe there's a chance it'll work in about a week or, or whenever, like sometime soon. Yeah. I think sometime soon. I think it's almost yeah. like, I think it's like getting a video game on day one and then, like there's a day one patch that you have to download, right? Because, you know, they pushed the they pushed the video game to publish on, you know, date X and then uh by the time that it's, you know, printed and done, they've been you know, working away polishing it up for another, you know, six weeks. Mm-hmm. So you end up getting kind of an update. And I think maybe that's what people are experiencing with this disc. Um Interesting. Seems we- yeah. it seems weird that like it it almost feels like it's just a target disc for some reason, but I don't know. Yeah, the, I I do not have all the information as far as like who's experiencing issues and and what versions and what players. I do know that people with PS4s and and I don't know some disc are having issues. Some people definitely mentioned that it was a target version. So. And it's it's weird. Like a lot of people are freaked out. Like, why is it not working? I, I what do I do? I I returned a DVD. I essentially like I don't know what they're gonna do with it. But I mean, I don't know. You PS4 know, like, just pushed out an update too. So like, you just never know. Like, I, and I be... updated it to the the newest version at the time. So I'm hoping that'll it'll fix itself because I don't want to have to do that every time I want to throw in the DVD. That's just absurd like i shouldn't have to do that this is technology that is so superior to anything i can you know come up with here and i know that that shouldn't be a thing no and i you know it's funny because you and i were talking about this beforehand everyone thinks that in the day of like digital media right where uh it's poppy it's it's this in the news it's been like oh itunes can remove movies from and stuff and that's true in the in the terms and conditions it does say they can remove movies but people are like oh if i buy the blu-ray i'm safe no, you're not because Blu-ray players at any moment, Disney could send out a code and be like, hey, we don't want people watching any of the Avengers movies. We want to put those in a vault. The safest way at this point to to quote unquote own a movie is through DVD. And like, you know, that DVD yeah. is is old at this point to the almost to the point where I'm surprised they're still making DVDs, to be honest with you. But Blu-ray players are are dependent on are are dependent on updates and internet for the most part. So like there could come a day where Universal's like, oh, you know, zap that. We're not going to allow you to play Blu-rays anymore. And it could happen. It's a real thing. Let's hope not. My uh, you know, my oh, DVD looks great. I'm I'm very happy. I always try to shoot for the Blu-rays. Um, and these, you know, they always come with some sort of cool exclusive. I did go around to the stores. I checked out all the versions. Um, so I saw the, you know, the steel book from Best Buy. I saw the, 
Funko Pop keychains from uh, Walmart and my Target exclusive here, um, which has like the the booklet inside and an extra DVD, uh, you know, for special features. And it's not a Blu-ray disc. It's just a standard DVD, which is fine. I mean, it looked okay with the upscale and everything, but like um, that was actually a good addition. There was some nice little uh, details in there. So yeah, it's a good copy. I was thinking that on top of my Blu-rays, I might go get a DVD copy only because I have all the others in DVD and I have them like in their original DVD, like sleeve format. Uh So like, um, they weren't special editions, but they were like, yeah, I guess they were special editions when Jurassic park one and two came out. And then three is just the logo and, and four is, is the, you know, the original design on the motorcycle and, um, DVD has like bigger artwork on the front. Um, so I, I may go get a copy just for, just for collector's purposes. Nice. Well, well, why don't we move on to, well, this month's topics, uh, since that was a follow-up. And uh, we'll kind of continue the trend with uh, going to pick up the DVD. And if you were in stores, you could actually, like, unlock a code to um, use an augmented reality Indoraptor in the store. But you could actually use it wherever you want once you figured it out. And once you buy the uh, the Blu-ray or the DVD or whatever, there's a, a little you know, piece of paper inside so you can unlock blue. Now that is one that you actually have to unlock via the Facebook app or messenger app. So, um, they're, they're cool. They're nice little things. I know you have not gotten a chance. You have seen them, but you haven't gotten the chance to use them. I've seen them. I haven't had a chance to use them. Um, but I've used other AR things like the PlayStation Vita had AR, uh, like cards with it that you could do. Um, Hot Wheels has an AR, type thing sometimes when you buy their sets um my nephew got a hot wheel set one time that had like ar uh built into it so it look, would look like the if cars were jumping through like hoops of fire and stuff that's kind of neat um but these dinosaur ones are cool i just ar is definitely very young in the sense that like when you look at these things there's no interactive lighting there's no um occlusion objects so like if i saw people using it inside the store and when it would look like the indoraptor was supposed to go behind a shelf it obviously wouldn't it doesn't yeah um yeah so i mean it's possible to add those things into this software it's just so young at this point you know um, yeah. there's tracking issues i saw uh but that stuff is all solvable in the future yeah I, you know it's 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 fine like it's nothing to write home about it's fun it's certainly fun for kids if they wanted to give that a shot um, I had a blast just playing around with it. Just like I probably looked, you know, crazy out there in a field, like shooting up in the air to try to like, because I would scale the Indoraptor or blue like as big as it could go. And I'm just like <laughs> pointing my phone like up in the air, looking at the head of the Indoraptor, like through the trees. So it's it's fun to use. And, um, you know, I actually put up a video. So if you go to our YouTube, you can actually see me playing around with it outside. Um the the Indoraptor essentially just has like one loop. It just roars to the left, roars to the right, and that's it. Um, blue actually has uh, I think three different functions where blue, it's baby blue, will just either stand there uh, and just kind of like look around a little bit. Um, the other one, it it kind of like reacts to like a clicking, kind of like begging for a treat, and then the other one is like jumping, trying to get that treat. So um, those three were pretty fun. Um, I, I showed it to my kid and he looked like really interested in what was going on. He's like, there's nothing there on the table. Like he didn't talk, but, um, he's just like, what is that? Like looking around the table, looking around the phone. So it's, it's fun for kids. It's a fun thing to do. And I I just had a blast with it, but it is a gimmick to get you out there or to get you to buy the DVD. 
Yeah, it's just a little something extra to add. I remember when I was a kid, um, I had one Independence Day toy, and it came with like a small video game on like a floppy disk, right? Like, and I'm sure it was a crummy video game. I don't remember. <laughs> My machine probably couldn't run it, but you know, just something extra, something fun. I'm trying to remember. Did they like all come with it or was it just like a certain toy? I think it was like just aliens. Like, I don't think humans came with them. Cause it I had, sounds I had familiar. Alien, it sounds so I really couldn't tell you. Me too. I only had one and it was the queen or whatever the, uh, you know, the one that opened up with the, with the alien inside the, the head. And yeah, that's had all right. the I had tentacles. One of those. It was like a blue one, though. Oh man, that toy is probably—it's probably got to be worth something now. I wish I still had no, it. They're worth no. nothing, really. Oh, I should just pick yeah, one. Yeah, I looked into it. Oh, that's a, that was such a fantastic toy. But um, let's continue the trend with toys and move on to our next topic here: the Spinosaurus from Mattel. So um, initially, you know, we get word that this thing will be hitting Target. Um, and this is dating back a little, a few months now, I guess. But you know, you probably all know the story that Target um, sold them online at like 3 a.m. one day, and that was it. It was up there for minutes, maybe, uh, maybe not even that long, and they were all gone. And they've never hit like the actual shelves. Um, and it was the, it was 3 a.m., which is just you know it was midnight PST, but. Anybody out here in the East Coast, unless you really woke up and, and did that or even knew about it, I didn't even know it was happening until it was done, and they were gone. So I, I never got the chance. And now, you know, Target, you know, responded to a lot of people saying, hey, what's going on? Why, ha- why haven't we seen it yet? And they're basically like, hey, this is a limited item. We are no longer selling it, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're spiel. They, they've said it many times in somewhat different ways. But according to them, we're not getting this. So what a bummer, dude. I mean, there has been some follow-up and different answers along the way, but most of it seems like it's going to be tough to find. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Dude, I don't get it. Like, okay, so last time we were on this, we highlighted Brit Schatz's interview uh, yeah. over at Victoria's Cantina. And her whole thing was, is well, when you create these lines – you want to let the retailers feel like they have a little bit of ownership or like a little bit of like personality in something that they specifically carry from a marketing standpoint. That makes all the sense in the world. Big thumbs up, Mattel. Good job. Awesome. Like it gives, it gives people reasons to go to different stores. Like I went to a Kohl's while I was home. I almost never go to Kohl's and <laughs> stupidly, I, like I couldn't find like the, the Kohl's variants or whatever, but um, you know, great. It gets people in the door. This is Target. This is a massive retailer. And to not sign some deal where it's like, you can't make this an exclusive, we're going to, you know, like, why? That's so, it it makes no sense. The toys are selling fine. From my perception, like, I feel like they're selling really well. Shelves are almost always empty, which means one of two things. They're selling well and they can't keep up with demand or they took forever to sell and they're just not ordering more. I don't know what the answer is, but I think it's really uncool for Target to be like, this was a limited thing. Well, you should have told us that because, you know, maybe people wouldn't have waited, you know, Mm -hmm. for Target to kind of get their act together to put them up. And then like, like I would have ordered one sooner from the UK um, and maybe – I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm kind of mad. Cause I feel like, and then you definitely see like, uh, I saw a guy on Facebook the other day who like showed a whole picture of like six and he's like, Oh, got my sixth one. It's like, great oh, dude. God. Like awesome. Now I, I, I'm not, 
I don't think this is any optimism here, but uh, somebody asked on September 17th and Target responded, um, thank you for your interest in purchasing the Jurassic World Legacy Collection Extreme Chomp and Spinosaurus figure at Target. This was a popular item and sold out quickly. We don't have information for when it will be restocked, and we encourage you to keep an eye out for updates. So, I mean, they all... They all give different answers, but well, you never and I think know. what's frustrating about that is is she did say in her interview, like if you want these things, you have to let Target know. My issue with that is is that the person responding to Target's Twitter doesn't really work for Target. They probably work for like a mass like new media company, right? That has Target as a client, so they're really not interfacing with anybody important at Target. At least I don't feel like that's the case. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I really don't think so. Um, let's see. Somebody else here. What did they ask? Let me just double check. Uh, that's just about some other toys. But, yeah, it's just – it's upsetting. And I've I've seen this kind of response before where they will respond with good – like a, a good message and a bad message all within, you know, the same day. So you can't really rely on – them saying, well, you know, keep an eye out for a restock. Um, and you almost can't even rely when they say it's a limited item. So who really knows? And like you said, it's just it could be just some third party team just like with a script or whatever, you know? Oh, it totally feels like a script. And unfortunately, you know, I got to the point where I did. I, I got I got scared into the sense of like, um, you know, looking on UK shops that have them. No problem. And I contacted a friend out there, and he's sending me one at, with no with no markup, which is really nice, um, you know. But it is costing me around eighty dollars to get this thing, and I, I feel like that's eighty dollars that I would almost would have rather have. I would rather hand Mattel that money at this point than Target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I would much rather just walk into like a Mattel store and pay them. I, I would rather go buy three Spinosaurus from Mattel than give Target you know, money towards that if they get it back in stock. Cause that's just not cool. Yeah. I'll never understand, you know, cause some of these companies know that the scalping and all this stuff is going on and things are being sold for way more than they sell them. So I don't understand why stuff ends up getting limited and, and you can never find this stuff or, you know, like we've talked about it many times with like the Mondo stuff. It's all just a nightmare, but who knows what's going on with this? We have no answers right now. Still, that uh, today is what? What is today? Today is the nineteenth. The 19th. That last message was on the seventeenth. That's the only one I can see so far. But um, who knows? Hopefully, they they turn it around. And but I don't know if you know reaching out to Twitter is really going to help. Like you said, I just don't know where to go. Otherwise, where do we get to write letters? What do we got to do to contact somebody? I well, and it's so weird because like on Amazon.ca, all the legacy figures are available for pre-order. Um, I shouldn't say all. A good chunk of legacy figures are available for pre-order. And so I have a bunch pre-ordered. Like, But the thing is, it's like, okay, so is legacy just a limited thing at Target? Like no one is saying these things. No one's being honest, right? So, you know, I don't know. They're, they say that they're arriving at some point, but who knows? You know, so <laughs> I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know. I I actually got the Destructosaurs or whatever, however you say that. Um, I got the Velociraptor uh, that was like painted blue and crazy or whatever crazy colors. And I also got the um, Dimetrodon. Now, I ordered those probably two months ago or 
I think at the, you know, earliest. And there's just been, there hasn't been any update. You know, I ordered them off of Amazon. I paid the normal price, nothing, nothing outrageous. And it just keeps saying like, it'll ship in October. So I'm like, I, I hope, I don't know that it actually will, but we'll see. Well, and to Amazon's credit though, and I will, you know, I'm usually against pre-ordering a lot of things, but with Amazon, I'm hundred percent on board because they do not charge you for pre-orders. So yeah. all you're doing is putting your name on a list, which is fantastic, you know, and it's basically first come first serve. Once they get their inventory, the first people to have, you know, essentially signed up for the item, they'll charge those people. Um, and then as the price, as the price maybe fluctuates beforehand, your final price will fluctuate. Uh, to reflect that. So I think Amazon does pre-orders the absolute best out of anybody out there. Um, and, you know, kudos to them for, you know, kudos to the giant conglomerate for getting it right. <laughs> so why don't we um, stick around in the store and talk about some of our hauls and, and kind of what's new in the in the uh, stores out there. So where have you been? Because you, you, you don't have Target out there, but you do have like Walmart and, and some other places, right? I do have uh, – I've got Walmart and I've got Toys R Us. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Duh. That, that Toys R Us in that Canada is still a thing. <laughs> um, we just – my Toys R Us in, like, in the last two weeks just killed it. Um, I'm talking Maisie figures. I'm talking uh, Wheatley figures. I'm talking shelves of Mosasaur figures, uh, new Roar of Wars, um, new attack packs. Um, it's it's like awesome. Uh, the only problem is, is that like toys here are like twice as much money as they are in the States, which is a yeah. bummer. Um, but you know, I, they absolutely killed it. I did just get back from the States where, um, I've got, I was able to get a, almost like an entire collection. I think at this point of pop Funkos, I'm only missing the red target Dilophosaur, which I'm not even oh, interested. Yeah. I don't think I'm even interested in that one. Um, no. but I was able to get the big, uh, Jurassic world T-Rex, uh, Funko. Um, I was able to get a Sukumimus. I actually got two Sukumimus uh, while I was in the states. Um, what else? The new, uh, the new Extreme Chomping T Rexes with the tongue down. Those things are awesome. I was able to get one of those. I got the. I was able to get my loot crate finally that I had ordered, which and I wasn't a big fan of the T-shirt, but I thought the pin was really cool um, that came with that. Uh, the Mondo record is absolutely fantastic. So I, I went to the States and just kind of had this like <laughs> giant drop of, of things like waiting for me when like I got Christmas. there. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, you know, I think, uh, our stores have been hit or miss over here. Um, and I mostly just check out target because uh, what is, is there Walmart, I guess. Um, but my Walmart has always been real thin, like not much of anything. It, 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 really? it takes up like no space on the shelf. Um, and Target has been okay. Uh, recently, they've all kind of picked up the pace a little bit. But the, the space is not that big either. It's, you know, I don't know, the size of like That's your arm crazy. length or something. Maybe not even your arm length. Um but um, yeah, it's it's been real thin, and I, I see these pictures out there of like huge shelves, and like you had sent me, like that tons of stock out there. I've seen that here in the U.S. I've seen that you know where you sent you sent me that, and all over the world. But my stores have never been like that, so I, I I've been like, like struggling. Even though I'm finding things here and there, it's been tough. 
that's crazy because everywhere I went in Michigan, um, the Jurassic World section was easily bigger than I'll say like Star Wars. Um, no, not, and not here. When Star I go Wars to Michigan, gets a full aisle, a, like full thing. Sorry, what? Star Wars gets a full aisle. We just get a small sliver. Oh man, no! Like everything I've seen, Jurassic World, it's like this. The sections are massive. Um, it, like for instance, I went to uh, like I said it, here in Toronto, like the Toys R Us. It's just like it has its own like aisle off to the side because it's too big to fit huh. in the action figure aisle. Like That's it's crazy. Great. Um, the Walmart. When I go to the states, I mean, Michigan's great because you can hit. Like when I go to my parents, there's like four or five targets within driving distance and like three Walmarts within driving distance. So like I'll go to each individual one while I'm there <laughs> and each one has like a different selection. Um, I was able to find like legacy Velociraptors. Um, I found uh, – there were other things that I didn't pick up. Like I didn't pick up the baby T-Rex, uh, the lost the legacy baby T-Rex. I didn't pick that up. Um I started running out of money is what ended up happening. Like well, it was, yeah. the hunting was so good. I just started running out of money. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that, it is what it is, but yeah, the halls have been, I feel like it's, it's been great lately. Yeah. I, I have no complaints. I, I'm just missing a few things that I would really like. Um, and a few items that I just leave on the shelves. Uh, I know you've kind of like criticized me for not ever picking up a T-Rex. I don't um, get it, dude. I really <laughs> don't get it. I don't know. I I just I I lost it on that uh, super colossal. It was like my favorite one, and then I just never, never got another one. <laughs> like that was it. Even though it's not in scale with anything, I just never went back for another T Rex. And I see them all the time, and I play with them at the store. But I'm like, I, I just I don't know why. I I, I guess because it's also like a forty dollar one or a thirty dollar one. So I'm just like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say if, the tw- if it's a $20 dinosaur, I'm like cool with that. But the other ones, I'm like, I don't know. I can't just like – I don't want to do that all the time. And I'm, the thing I'm, is, I'm getting man, a lot of hunt other on a legacy T. Go hunt on a legacy T-Rex because they're really a good price. And I'm telling scale, you – scale though, man. I, I'm not a fan of the, the small T-Rex. Oh, dude. I wasn't either. But let me tell you about the miracle <laughs> – and majesty of the smaller t-rex it's so good yeah i thought it was like i was originally i was like thrash and throw all the way and the thrash and throw is a great toy but this small t-rex man it's so good it, it's so reminiscent of the dino damage uh juvenile t-rex from the kenner line and the sculpt on it is so good and the poses huh. that you can put it in is so good i can't believe i still can't believe i was anti-posable toys before this line came out like this is by far my favorite t-rex i think huh. well definitely in this line but like it, i think it's like my favorite t-rex since like the bull from wow. uh from lost world so like man i love this thing like i'll just be like sitting on the couch watching tv and like i'll be like putting it in different poses <laughs> uh you know like my wife thinks i'm just like crazy but of course yeah so so good um, man, if you can find a legacy one, that's the one you I see them all the time. Yeah, I, I constantly see the legacy. I constantly Grab see the, the uh, thrash and throw. So, you know, it's one a perfect of these days. price point. Yeah, one of these days. I, I, I'm too busy. I got the uh, uh, what do you call it? The um, Indominus Rex, uh, the quest for the Indominus Rex. I got that, and that's a nice piece uh, with the bones from the Indominus Rex. Um, I was thrilled with that, even though the rest of the set was a complete duplicate. Like I had all, I had the submarine, I had the Mosasaurus, 
But I did, honestly, I did want the duplicates of those because I wanted the ability to use one set in water, and, yeah. you know, with my kid and, and keep the other set dry on the shelves. But um, like I'm, I'm not big on like duplicates, now. but that's the only one. What'd you say? I said, I feel like that's, I think it's, I feel like it's a weird choice to release now. I feel like that would have been a perfect Black Friday item or okay. just a, a holiday item in general. Well, the crazy uh, thing is it, it was like, it's, it's so cheap. Like I don't know what Black Friday would have done. It would have been free. Because yeah, how much? 40, how much it was, was only it? forty bucks. That's crazy. Because here it's in crazy. Canada, a Mosasaur is forty dollars alone. Yeah, like forty five. So absolutely don't understand. Because the submarine was twenty alone. The Mosasaurus was like thirty two, I think here. And then you also have the Mercenary, which is seven ninety nine. And then you also have the Indominus Rex bones, which you could say that's a good fifteen bucks, probably. Yeah, so that's easily a fifteen or twenty dollars. Yeah, toy. so that's crazy. That adding up that math doesn't make sense for forty dollars. Like, I I was like I did, can't pass this up. Like, well, that's crazy. So yeah, that yeah. is crazy. But that that's I don't know I don't know what else I've got. I mean a DVD, but um, I've been picking up those trading cards, which I've covered a lot recently. Um, I um, oh yeah, I did get the uh, Battle Lockwood Owen. Uh, which was interesting, you know, an- another Owen to add to the list. But uh, sure, I haven't. I actually haven't picked up a ton in the past, like two, three weeks or so. I feel like, and maybe because I, I overspent in the states. But yeah, it in the last like two weeks, I've kind of like chilled out. It, you know, we're starting to wind down. Um, yeah, things are starting to wind down, and I think there might be like another big push at the holiday season, yeah. but. You yeah, know, the, the movie's out on Blu-ray now, which essentially means that the movie is is beyond its prime at this, which is really sad to think. But the movie is mm-hmm. now it's just another movie. I know. know? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? We, we own it, we know what it is, and, and all that, and now we're just waiting for the next because this is old news. And but and it's interesting because I, I was talking to somebody online the other day that said like their store decided uh to not even carry any Jurassic stuff. They actually changed out the Jurassic stuff for, I think he said like Animal Planet or something like that. So there is no Jurassic stuff there. And and he asked the guy, he's like, well, why not? And he's like, because the movie's out. It's it's already, it's already a thing. Like, it's like, what? Really? That's You're not going to carry anything? Like, that's crazy. So uh, I hope it doesn't get old news too too soon. But right now it seems fine because I'm still, like, aside from the toys, I, I I'm always doing these like, in-store videos whether it's target or walmart or wherever and always finding new stuff like it's pretty constant i just saw which i haven't covered yet but there's uh like a kid's jumper thing like a you know like a onesie that's blue i'd had never seen that before at all um there's always kids clothing which is great that they're you know continuing to spit those out um i actually just saw a bunch of halloween stuff so they have the halloween costumes in the stores um and also candy too. There's a bunch of Halloween candy, whether it's like candy necklace. I saw ring pops that are sickle claws. Uh, the the Pez is out there. Uh, the Dilophosaurus spinner fan that comes with some sort of candy. There's also like dinosaur eggs with their chocolate eggs with like a gummy dinosaur in the middle. So there's still all kinds of stuff showing up on the shelf. So we're not done yet. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think we're. I think it's safe to say that Jurassic is at least here through the holidays, um, because you're going to pick up on Halloween, 
uh, and Christmas, like the, the two big um, retail holidays. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be maybe sporadic, but I think it's going to be on shelves until at least the next movie. Um, Mattel seems to have their act together. Like they want to treat this like their star Wars, which is great. And, and the, the word is, I mean, I, I got, I saw like a, the press release or something that I believe they outsold star Wars. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really great. Or, you know, um, you can't, you can't ask for anything more really. No, you really can't. I think Star Wars is kind of the benchmark of 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 action figures at this point. Um, you know, consumer level action figures and to to beat them in this quarter or this half of the year is is absolutely fantastic. Like, like I've been saying it and you know, all of us Jurassic fans have been shouting it from the rooftops for 25 years, but dinosaurs are universal. Like kids love them and when kids love them, they grow into adults that love them and Event, you know, eventually everyone wants to buy dinosaur stuff. So the yeah. fact that you know Hasbro kind of dropped the ball on the last movie makes no sense to me. And I think maybe why some people aren't carrying stuff is because they're they're kind of reading those tea leaves from the old Hasbro days when that stuff didn't sell well, and it's because it was poorly made. Yeah, yeah, it it was really poorly made. Like looking at it right now, I just. Oh, dude! I like I, I can't believe like, I ever thought that like the Ceretosaur was good. Uh, like <laughs> I still, honestly, I, I, no joke, I, I still don't think it's that great with Mattel. It's not. Oh no, no, no! no. You're wrong on the Mattel. I, one. I, I, nothing, no, no, nothing wrong with it. I, I just don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the color scheme. I just don't like that toy. So I, I'm. That's another one that I'm not going to pick up. Oh my gosh, you make you make me so sad. I don't know so why. Sad. I just don't care for I don't care for it in in uh, Jurassic Park 3, right? That's where it is. Um and I just don't like it. I it's funny cuz like uh the stores have started carrying um here in Canada Toys R Us has the series 2 minis. And so I went I found a list of codes so that I could specifically get the ones I want. <laughs> um yeah. and I got I got I think let's see I got Carnotaurus and I got Suchomimus, uh in the wave two. And, but now when I was in the States, they have the wave three ones, which has a small Ceretosaurus. But the problem is I can't find any codes for wave three. Uh, and yeah. so like, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to spend $20 in hopes of getting Get one all. $3 figure, you know, the Pokemon. Uh, but you know, I, I, well, I couldn't find them on, on, even on the internet. So, uh, it, it'll happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, I used the codes too and got the Sukumimus and the Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus is eh, not that great, but the Sukumimus is fantastic. I love oh, that I little guy. A, I didn't get a Spinosaurus. I need to get one. It's okay. I mean, it, it's painted fine and the eyes are a little weird, but uh, the Sukumimus is my favorite one. Yeah, the the minis are actually killing it this time around. I was not into the Kenner minis. When, when honestly, they're, they're kind of the same, um, but. Mattel is, I mean, again, on all levels, killing it. And uh, I, should, I said Kenner. I meant Hasbro. Uh, but the minis this time around are so good. Um, I've been getting them when I can't. They're $5 here in Canada. So Ooh, those add man. up real quick. Ouch. Yeah. 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 Twice as much. <sighs> Side note. I, I, I have on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom right now as we're talking. And the coloring on these dinosaurs is incredible on this Blu-ray. I, it's like not something you pick up on while you're watching it in theaters as much, but my it's God, it, they look it, so good. 
Well, the thing is that they're smartly introducing. They're not doing what Jurassic Park three did, which was, hey, paint this Brachiosaurus a bajillion Ugh. different colors because we, <laughs> right? We're using yeah. color schemes that make sense. Like the big thing right now on Twitter is like I've seen people pointing out how the Carnotaurs are different. Um, uh huh. Are yeah. different textures between like the scenes, which is really cool. But someone like kind of like brightened up the uh where they're all like in the gas chamber yeah and it is spot on the kenner carnotaurus it's super black and red it's so cool like yeah they're just they're nailing it with the dinosaur colors in these films you know and and for some reason when you just get a glimpse at the movie like for say uh say for instance that like stampede scene when they're you know going down the mountain and the volcanoes erupting behind them um they look kind of drab like they all look about the same color when you actually focus in on the Blu-ray, my, my TV is not that far away from me right now. And just the amount of different colors on these dinosaurs. Even earlier, the Brachiosaurus has all these blues around the eyes or blues or greens. You can't even see that when you watch it otherwise. This is fantastic. This is just a side note, but I, I felt like I had to mention uh. it because it looks so, so good. Um, I, I can't say enough about Blu-ray. I don't have 4K or any of that technology yet so i can't say how good that is but blu-ray still looks absolutely incredible to me yeah i don't know if i'm switching to 4k i haven't decided yet the tvs (laughs) are cheap i mean well i mean relatively relatively cheap (laughs) but i mean you know 600 bucks is still 600 bucks or yeah of course you know compared to where we were at with with hd at this stage of the game yeah and that started up hd tvs were still fifteen hundred dollars for like a couple of years so you know i was uh my parents were like oh like while you're at the store look at tvs and like they had 50 inch lg 4ks for like 450 or something that's crazy good price yeah so i don't know i'm watching this on like a what is this 32 32 inch i think sony that's like 12 years old now probably and it still looks phenomenal (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah I'm not so switching good. anytime soon, I don't think. No. But why don't we move on to our next topic? That was just a random tangent. Um, this is an interesting one because I, I wanted to get your take. I've been thinking about it. I've been talking about it a lot, and so have people uh, online, is the debate between Owen Grady and Robert Muldoon. So they're two very uh, – I wanted to say very similar characters, sort of. Um, they have similar jobs. Similar jobs. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it that way. But I feel like they're very different characters. What's your take? Like, who would you pick, um, you know, in terms of those two characters? Who is your guy? Okay. I love that you brought this up because I'm, I've, I've had this thought before. But in preparation for this, I brought out my Robert Muldoon action figure. <laughs> oh, no, that's not out, fair. <laughs> and I brought out well, – like this. And I brought out my um, – I, I brought out my Owen Grady Battle Lockwood Manor. Okay. Okay. And I have my Alan Grant action figure. Okay. Now, if you uh, have, have all three actually, of these action I have, figures. Yeah, I have I want, Alan I and, and you, Muldoon right in front of me. Yeah. Okay. I want you to put Robert Muldoon to the left. Okay. okay. And then I want you to put Alan Grant on the right. Uh-huh. And then right between the two, I want you to put Owen. Well, keep talking. Now, Hold on. Okay. Now, Owen... As adults, we, we, we look back at Alan Grant, I feel, sometimes with these rose-colored glasses. Like, he was this 
action hero. He was not. He was very afraid of what was happening, and he was running the whole time. But we all look back at him as like this Indiana Jones-style action star. And Sorry, I was away from the, the headphone. Who did you say? Okay, so we, we all look back at with rose-colored glasses, I think, at Alan Grant. We, we think of him oh, as like yeah, an yeah, action yeah. star, uh-huh. and he's really not, right? Um, but we with Robert Muldoon, he's kind of this like macho guy, right? He's got the guns and all this stuff. Now, if you if you take the two old characters and then you put Owen in the center, yep, Owen done. is a aesthetically is a direct combination of these two characters. Yeah, he's got the brown vest of Robert Muldoon and the blue shirt of Alan Grant. So when you look at him on screen, I think that wardrobe is obviously very it's chosen specifically to give adults nostalgic feelings towards those two characters from the first movie and they give him the personality that we all for some reason feel like alan grant had back in the day so the question isn't really which one's better muldoon or owen it's the fact that it's like owen is the culmination of everything jurassic park that yeah. we seem to like think we remember Jurassic Park being, which is very interesting to me. So um, between the two, I'm going to pick Muldoon, um, which is probably unpopular. But <laughs> Owen is very Owen is a very contrived character, which I think is really interesting. Huh. Okay. Well, I I personally choose Owen, um, and really. Because Owen is a more capable, uh, you know, animal behaviorist. He he knows he knows what he's doing. Like he seems way more capable than Muldoon is at his job, and that's the kind of uh, position I'm putting it in. Uh, because Owen, you know, doesn't just make a quip and die. Like that's my my problem with Muldoon is like. He has the answer for everything, right? Like, he's constantly saying, like, I told you, we need locking mechanisms on the vehicle doors. Like, he's, like, always got a, a, a answer for something, whether it's that or uh, I don't know. But, like, he and he talks about the raptors and, and that they're out there hunting. And, and then he just dies. Like, he just doesn't have it in him. And yeah. he talks about how great these things are, but nobody can listen to him. Nobody... Uh, you know, nobody pays, pays attention to his, or heeds his warnings. So I feel like he's just not doing his job. He is the I, only guy that grabs a gun, which is, I guess, a good thing in that situation. But Owen seems to be the more capable one, and I can't really get past that, I guess. I think on screen, Owen is a lot more interesting to me. Like, I'm glad that Owen is kind of the protagonist uh, with Claire in th- in a trilogy um, rather than just being kind of a one-off character like all the other ones are. Um, I mean, except for, I guess, Grant and Ian get their sequels, but, um, well, I mean, we can debate about that. That's a whole different discussion, <laughs> but, um, I guess I, I do like the fact that Owen does have a backstory. Muldoon has a backstory, which is a good one. It's just that their jobs are so different. I don't really feel like Muldoon was necessarily there to interact with the animals. Um, his whole thing was more about like containment. So I feel like had Jurassic Park never shut down, right? Like Muldoon would have been eventually like in charge of like the ACU, right? So oh, he's of more course, of like yeah. a he's more like a Hamada character. Um whereas like Owen is his backstory is really cool. This whole like, you know, he's a Navy man, he's training these raptors. I feel like Jurassic Park eventually would have hired Owen 
as well. Like I of feel course, like in yeah. in a world where nothing went wrong, these two people would have worked together. Oh, that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it's the dream, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I do feel like these two characters would have eventually ended up working together on Nublar, um, and not necessarily one over the other. I think their jobs are so different um, that they more or less would have been comrades when things went down and not necessarily reporting to it. I could see like their heads, maybe, you know, maybe them butting heads a little bit about how to wrangle up animals uh, if something did go wrong. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. Like there's, there's not really a lot to compare between the two of them, even though they are somewhat similar with their, their job in a way, not, but not really. It's just hard to say, but I, I think Owen's more capable, but I don't know. I don't really know how to even compare them to be honest. It's, just... I don't, I think Owen's more capable in the sense that like he knows how to deal with his Raptors, but like, I feel like because of Muldoon's backstory in Kenya, he knows how to deal with predators in general. So like, and it's kind of yeah. like Sarah Harding, Sarah Harding is the answer to Robert Muldoon in the second movie. Like she also knows how to deal with generally predators. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like she, it's not like she knows dinosaurs specifically. She's basing everything she knows. And the same with him, all their knowledge is based off of animals that we have today. Whereas Owen has the experience of working with these animals extensively in a world where they've existed for 25 years. So yeah, I don't yeah. know people, if people are comparing them, that's maybe a little unfair. I just think like aesthetically, I think Owen is designed to look like the two main, you know, the two uh, main guy characters yeah. from the first. Oh, that's, movie. that's a, yeah, that's a great, you know, observation there. Um, never really kind of put that, you know, together there, but yeah, obviously with the vest, that's an obvious one, but I can see what you mean with Grant as well. Uh, it's a nice tie in. I don't know. I just think, um, yeah, as far as the backstory is concerned, we don't know a ton about Muldoon aside from, you know, him working with, uh, Hammond down in Kenya. Um, and he's a serious dude. He, he surely knows what he's doing. And like I said, he's always the guy to tell people like, we should have done this. This is bad news. We don't need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you watch him in the background of, of, of Jurassic park, he just looks like, like a doofus. <laughs> he just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. He's slipping in the mud at the T-Rex paddock. He like, he can't drive that Jeep more than 30 miles an hour. I don't know what's going on there, but it's just, he's just a funny character to me, but he's iconic. You know, like he, he's way more iconic than Owen is with his look. Owen, like you said, I guess, you know, gains a lot of his look from that, but you can't really beat the iconic hat the vest, the the dunes, as we call them in the Jurassic community, the socks that he has up to his knees. They're called <laughs> dunes, guys. Like, that's the, just what we call them. The Robert Muldoon is, for me, I like gravity in Jurassic movies. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of levity. Even in The Lost World, I thought the ordering burgers while hanging from a trailer was was a, a little much <laughs> for me as far as levity goes yeah. um, in a Jurassic movie. Um me with Muldoon though, it's it's more like I I dig his getup. Like he's very 1920s safari leader. And I I to this day, I can't decide if is that what he wears because he's comfortable wearing that? <laughs> or like is that the look in the 90s that safari men wore? 
or was that the or was that the was that the game warden getup that Hammond required him to wear as oh. like head of <laughs> like you know like people at Disney have to wear like certain like, yeah. uniform like like was that his uniform or was that did he did, did he just dig wearing the, that is such a funny question <laughs> the the ankle socks like I can't I haven't decided like, so. <laughs> I don't know. I the socks are all him. Like the socks have got to be him. But the short shorts, man, is where it comes in the question. I just don't know. Like, how is that the best option? Well, shorts were short in the nineties for men. But they I don't know, man. Those are the shortest things I've ever seen, though. Maybe not. I don't know, dude. I feel like I feel like if you were to go to because Universal Studios has very strict like costuming guidelines, and I'm yeah. pretty sure if you look around at like the people on the Jurassic Park ride. They've got high socks. And I think that's part of the I think that's part of the mandate. You yeah. must wear high socks. I would say that so, this is part of the part of the rules. Like he had to wear them. It, it looks good on him. Like you can't deny that, right? Look at his yeah, legs. You, you know? Yeah, you can't you can't <laughs> deny that Bob Peck was killing it. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, no, no joke. But like, yeah, so I don't know. Um I think he's like the quintessential adventurer. He's kind of got the Indiana Jones look that we all think Alan was, um, but he really wasn't. Um, so he's kind of got that Indiana Jones look. It just is kind of sad that he goes out kind of like a chump. Yeah, that's uh, my problem is like he doesn't utilize all the attributes that he, he has. Like he knows better than that. But a lot of people argue that like he's like, well, the raptor got the best of me. I might as well die. But that's that's a lot of people's argument in that situation is like the hunter will will say to himself, like, no, I've been no, hunted. No. I've I've been defeated. This is it. And that's it's what tr- people think. But I, I just think like in terms of like a movie, they just wanted to put a funny line in there or like a. Well, it's a, a dramatic interest- pause for yeah. drama. And like it's kind of like you're in this moment of his internal thinking, even though he says it. It's I don't think that moment is as long as it's drawn out to be i think it's very fast like he looks over and it's like i mean clever girl that's his uh i'm gonna swear so pull up the the thing i think that's as fast as saying like oh you know like it's done it's over with so um yeah i don't know i i I dig Muldoon, but I, i also really like owen i think he's like i think he's like the perfect uh male action hero answer uh that jurassic needed in in the late in the you know 2000 teens for sure so yeah uh yeah yeah well we broke that down why don't we move on to our our next uh piece here that we have it's a community spotlight so we've been trying to cover um a lot of different people in the community who do great work and and uh contribute in various ways and today we have an artist who uh, has worked with us a little bit before and is doing some awesome work out there and that's mike spires he he is fantastic he, um, you've probably seen his work either on Instagram or Twitter. He has been posting his stuff for a while and it, it's just very, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but they, they almost look like, um, the baby versions of some dinosaurs in the most cutest, but brutal and vicious. I don't know. There's so many attributes that you could like 
say about his artwork that it just all works. But I love it. I love all the um, individual pieces that he's created, whether it's like a Brachiosaurus or Dilophosaurus or something like that. But he also does like pieces with characters or uh, scenes and stuff like that. I actually have a piece on my wall that I have showcased before, um, I think over on YouTube. It is actually from Fallen Kingdom. It's the volcano as it's erupting and it has the T-Rex roaring with the Carnotaurus under the foot with the gyrosphere and a log behind it. It's so awesome. I, I Like I said, I don't know how to describe this style, but it's, it's, uh, it's stylistic, it's cartoony, but all in the best possible way. And I love, love, love his artwork. It's, I'm going to describe it as viciously cute. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like, was trying to like put those words together in a way. That is perfect. Like they all they all have this kind of this childlike baby look, but the carnivores, they've got like a mean streak in their eyes, you know, and the herbivores have like kind of this doe-eyed um, you know, look in their faces. Um it's absolutely fantastic. They've all got like the big heads, the small bodies, the big feet. Um and the style is consistent through all of his images. Um, yeah, this stuff is absolutely fantastic. I, I have to have prints of these. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is he, um, actually just started up a Kickstarter, which you can find if you go to our show notes or, um, our website, we actually have an article up there where you can find all the information there about how to join or back the project. So, um, it's called a to Z Asaurus. Uh, a dino guide with teeth. So in the description is a fun dinosaur book with funny facts, outrageous opinions, and in-your-face dino illustrations, ages 6 plus, 60 pages, full color. Um, and this, I know it says ages 6 plus, but for me, uh, every night, you know, when we put uh, Lincoln to bed, we read a, a bedtime story, whether it's something he, – well, he can't read it all because he's only – one in a few months and he can't read it all, but he loves sitting down as we read these books to him. And I do have a few dinosaur books, of course. Um, and I think anything with like a to Z and you're doing different dinosaurs. I have a book that like goes into all different dinosaur species. And I know he has no idea what's going on, but he enjoys it. And this, I'm going to back this because I need to read this with him every night because it's i'm not just saying this i just love this as soon as he posted this i'm like i need it we need to have this book a to zosaurus and the artwork is fantastic it's a little um different artwork style i guess you could say because it kind of like the dinosaurs have kind of grown up in a way they're more adult dinosaurs than the like you had mentioned they kind of look almost babyish at times or, or young um these look much more mature and i i th- I love the artwork is very consistent though. I love it. It's I'm not going to say it's Japanese style necessarily because I don't necessarily feel like it's it's more or less influenced by I think American animation today, but it's got almost this uh, a lot of Japanese toys have like this uh where they're cute but they're dangerous kind of like feel. So, um ooh, there's a toy company Good Smile, uh, if you're, if anybody out there is familiar with Good Smile, um, Hot Toys has a line of figures. Um, what are they called? Not cutie. Oh, I'm not even going to pretend like I know. <laughs> um, but Hot, Hot Toys has like a, a line where um, they're cute, but they're like, you know, it's like Wonder Woman and it's Superman. And uh, like, like there's one where Superman is all cute looking, but his eyes are like jetting out this 
huge laser vision and he's got like this mean like grin on his face you know kind of like this angry grin and and batman just looks like so cute but he's got like his armored like he's ready to like get into a fight and these kind of have that same feel to them um he's got some 3d renders uh i don't know if he did them or if a fan did them or what but they're amazing i would actually prefer these over i think what funko did uh with with the line um funko also works in a in a in in a constrained style where they have to fit into to box sizes and fit with the hundreds of other funkos out there Mm -hmm. uh but this stuff is just absolutely great like if this is what if this was the art that was in a jurassic comic i would be a hundred percent down oh yeah it's wonderful so I, I really wanted to shine the spotlight on him uh, this month because I love his art. Even before I found out about this this Kickstarter, he has you know contributed some stuff with us before, and hopefully in the future again. And uh, I love working with him, so uh, I just needed to showcase it because it's awesome. It's awesome so good. Stuff. It's so like, good. Go check him out if you haven't. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have probably seen his stuff out there. So if you you know don't know who he is, you know based off of me talking about him, just once you see his stuff, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. You can't confuse it with anybody else's stuff. Like, that's the best part about it, is it doesn't look like anything else that's out there. There are so, so, so many great Jurassic artists that, um, you know, it's tough to compare, but they're they're all amazing, and they're all individual. They all have their own style, and Mike certainly does here. And uh, definitely, please, like, go back his Kickstarter, because this needs to take off and... and uh, Look, I want to own it, so make sure it it goes through. It, it, as of right now, it has 28 days, so it's probably got a little less when you're listening to this. So it's a it's a somewhat of a low goal goal. So I think if we just get a, a bunch of podcast listeners over to his page, back the project. It's super simple. Like all you got to do is you know uh, pledge any amount of money, I guess. But you can you can pledge like certain amounts to get things, either the book or packages with artwork or you know any kind of stuff stickers i think there is a sticker in there too or something um so yeah just do it head to the show notes head to our article that's on the website and definitely go support his stuff he's awesome yeah this stuff looks great um couldn't agree more awesome so let's move over we're we're uh on our last topic so this is the honest trailer um the long topic it's it, it'll probably be a little bit uh you know long uh longer than some of the other topics but hopefully not too too long but i think it's a tough one for me because i i really really as much as i loved shining the spotlight on mike i hate shining the spotlight on things like this and let, let me say that like honest trailers there's there's other ones out there what are some other ones that that people would know well I think their Jurassic Park one was very fair. Well, they... not just them, not not them, but like there's oh, other just, honest okay. trailers. There's like, um, I can't remember some of the other, but there's other companies that do the same thing. I mean, the um, internet in general, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> they create you know? these videos that essentially mock a movie based off like they they put together a mock trailer and make fun of the movie along the way, call out the criticisms that they see fit. And uh, that's basically it. It's mostly all for a laugh, but the way I see it is it's for a laugh, yeah, but the internet is the internet, and they take things too far. And maybe these were created in fun and in jest, but 
they get taken way too far, and that's my problem with stuff like this, and that's why I try not to shine a light on them, even though we're going to go do it here today. Um, but, in a long format with this. Yeah, in a long format, but I I, I don't like that it, it – um, engages the community of people that love to hate on things and 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 just ignites that that fan base i guess or you know yeah because there are fans of jurassic that love jurassic but also hate jurassic world and the new stuff and this just ignites them and just sets them off and i I, you know to each their own i love these movies if you're listening to this and you don't love them that's fine but um just the way that people non-stop beat down certain things bugs me and this popping up i think this just recently popped up right like this is a new one yeah they always come out on the day of the dvd and i will okay, say this right. i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this with again disclaimer i did work on this movie but i did not work on any of the story aspects of this movie i work Whoa. on uh 3d alone and i also want to say that yes this company exists to get clicks on the internet um the idea behind an honest trailer is to point out the negative uh without loopholes and goofy weird things we wouldn't have big blockbuster movies um so when i critique this and when brad critiques and or defends or you know vice versa it really just comes from a place of love for the franchise and so um yeah i'll just say that okay so i do have the audio here um queued up so we're just going to kind of run through it i'm going to pause when needed be and we're just going to see see what happens because i I, i've watched it once with rolling eyes and uh (laughs) i don't know we'll see what happens ready sure all right all right so this is just the beginning honest trailers just when you thought the jurassic franchise couldn't get any dumber alan a sequel will show anyone still clinging to the corpse of the original. You ain't seen stupid yet. Back for more, huh? Jurassic. Okay, so so really no no criticisms there. They're just basically saying that the the this movie is dumb. <laughs> That's about it. Well, I mean, it's not what it used to be. So okay, yeah. I think for me, I have moved on. I have separated Jurassic World and Jurassic Park in the sense that I accept what Jurassic world is. It is a 2000 and teens version of Jurassic park that exists the way it does, because there were things, there were things in plot for Jurassic park four that would have been way worse. And I feel like they are the way they are because they have to survive in a world with Marvel. And obviously they're doing something right because they're like the only non-superhero franchise that's totally killing it right now. So uh, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is certainly fair to say that these are very different styles um, when it comes to Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Um, but it's just it just how how time has moved. You know, when when you introduce movies like Transformers and uh, Marvel and stuff like that, where the action is nonstop. Um, I guess you kind of have to fall in line in a way because you, you will. You can't sit down for people. a half hour and have a a dinner about ethics anymore. It's I not. Know. That's not going to happen. I it's it's upsetting because I I want that and I do think Fallen Kingdom actually has a good chunk of that. To be honest, now as fast yes, as Fallen Kingdom is, it does have a lot of those moments. Whether it's 
Claire in the estate or any of the the Lockwood scenes because he's 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 basically immobile, so he doesn't really there's nothing really to do there. Um, and you know, even the moment with Claire and Owen in the the jail cell, there's so there's a few moments that are actually nice like that maybe they don't bring up the ethical points and and the scientific nature of things but uh yeah i think as much as they've strayed i think jurassic does a decent job at um trying to remember the past and we've talked about the mirroring and stuff like that a lot so but yeah should we move on let's move on this is a long one Jurassic world fallen kingdom return to isla nubar isla isla Isla. I, I, I wonder that same thing all the time. I never know. I've just settled on Isla. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I go it, with. Does it matter? Like, no. is it spelled differently in any situation? I don't. No, I don't think so. But everybody then has a different pronunciation, so I, I go back and I used to go back and forth, and now I'm just like Isla Nublar. I think. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Because some people say Isla, and I'm like, I don't want to say that. No, it's Isla. Yeah. <laughs> to Dinosaur Island, a place two Dinosaur different Island. billionaires picked for their theme park without caring that it was on top of a f***ing volcano. Now. Okay, so let's talk about that. So they, they mentioned that two billionaires build build a theme park on an island with a volcano. Did I do a good job? Should I do this? Should I? Just... 100%, dude. Like, let's do, let's do unhonest trailers <laughs> where we just fight back honest Jurassic trailers. World Fallen yeah. Kingdom what a great movie that I absolutely love I should just do that <laughs> you should yeah you should totally um, so um, alright so so the two billionaires building the the, the park on an island um, and that yeah they put them side by side John Hammond and Simon Mizrani and and yeah I don't know there's not really any I guess you could say you know why would you why would you do the same thing um, that somebody, yeah, that well, somebody failed. With, I mean, the short, I don't know. the short answer is because there wouldn't be a movie. But I think, well, yeah, re- realistically, we've always known since the Lost World that Hammond used the geothermal power to power Sorna. So there's really no reason to think that he wouldn't have done the same thing on a remote island, you know, however many degrees or miles in the other direction. Like it's not like there's natural electricity running from the mainland it's not like there's wired electricity running from the mainland to the to this remote island so the power has to come from somewhere whether that's geothermal or water or wind or whatever it has to come from somewhere and since this is an island chain we can assume that it's of all volcanic island um and like i said i vacationed in hawaii and you vacation right by volcanoes i think the idea would be that you thought it was dormant or that the risk was worth the reward i guess you know to me, that doesn't hold any water. Oh, yeah. I don't think so either because it's it just like there's there's actually places all around the world that build, um, you know, in near volcanoes. So that's really not um, a criticism per se. It's, it's on the surface, yeah, dumb. It seems really dumb that anybody would do that. I think I said that myself. Like, why would you even build there? But then you come to realize that, like, after that surface statement, I'm like, okay, well – uh, obviously places around the world do the same thing and it's not really an issue until it is <laughs> and I mean, you know it just sometimes it sometimes it doesn't work out for everybody people not only choose to vacation by volcanoes but people literally choose to live permanently by volcanoes so again it's it's that risk reward kind of situation um i i really have no problem with the fact that the volcano is there i think 
the main issue for me is that it's displayed as this giant massive volcano in Fallen Kingdom and it never has been in the past and to me as we go through the Jurassic World franchise Nublar starts to feel a lot smaller than I always imagined it was and maybe that's just me I don't know yeah I, I don't know um I'm, I'm trying to look through here because there was a ton of information from the DPG about, you know, uh, vo- uh, I don't know how to say it, volcanology. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, and all volcano information about whether it was this one or other volcanoes. Um, and I think it was something like 2017 that they're saying that it was reactivated. Um so I guess you just you just never know. Like, you just don't know. And people are stupid. Like, I was watching a video recently about a volcano was going off and the ash was coming. And people were standing there taking pictures of it. And you're like, hey, guys, you're about to die. Will you please get out of there? So <laughs> get, out the, get out the way. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'll read. In February 2017, the CRIV stated in their report that the volcano was, in fact, burning slowly from within. Um, a shift in tectonic plates resulted in a minor aftershock uh, throughout the rock bed, creating small fissure that caused the the heat to rise beneath Mount Saibo. So, uh, yeah, you never know, especially with, um, you know, uh, aftershocks and stuff like that of um, earthquakes, that it could just set something off. And I've o- I always wondered, pre-Fallen Kingdom, like, was there some issue with the um, uh, geothermal power you know that set this off did they tempt fate in a way uh i don't know if that ever came into play i don't really think that was ever part of it but um in the dpg at least i don't think they ever mentioned anything like that so uh, i just thought that was an interesting way to maybe tie into it but uh, that never you know came to fruition yeah no i think it's back just back to the risk reward situation you know um when you lease an island which he does in the first movie you don't lease an island for like 10 years you lease it for like a hundred so in him building jurassic park he thought he was going to be there essentially i mean 100 years that's to most people that is forever um you know he had no plans of ever shutting down which to me says he you know he had obviously paid the money to have this volcano checked out and was told that no this thing's this thing's dormant you're like you're good yeah don't worry about it yeah so, I mean, we just dove probably way too deep into that little <laughs> thing there. But, hey, we're yeah, trying to back stuff up, guys. We're trying to back stuff up because we got some, we got some facts here. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, no. I think that's it. It's yeah, just so about we'll, we'll move on to that kingdom. next thing. We'll move on. After yeah. the original park was destroyed and the park they rebuilt was destroyed, what's left of that park will be destroyed unless another billionaire can build a new dinosaur island and start the cycle all over again. Because Okay. Um, so, yeah. Destroyed, destroyed, and it's being destroyed in Fallen Kingdom until they start the cycle all over again. Um, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's uh, This video, to me... We're only 51 seconds in <laughs> out of a five-minute video, but... Oh, no, we might have to pick it up. But, no, yeah, no, okay, we're, I get We're good, we're good. The video, to me, is is surface level. There, like, I don't... I'm, I'm not finding many criticisms in it um, that are just, like, 
well, this thing and this thing and it, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny, but that's about it. And that's my problem with some of these videos is it's, it's criticism for the sake of just being funny when it it's not really even a criticism. It's just like a thing that you pointed out for no reason. <laughs> well, okay. So here is – here's my sad realization that I'm coming to – I came to this during Fallen Kingdom, and I'm and I'm coming to this again now. Someone wrote an article once after Disney bought Star Wars, and they said, "We will never see the result of the Star Wars. No one will ever win. There will always be a battle. There can be no happy ending to Disney making Star Wars." And I now I feel like that's the same thing. Whereas Jurassic Park ends with a happy ending for every well everyone that lives dinosaurs are going to be left alone to to live a natural life the humans that get away are going to go and and live their lives hopefully peacefully um jurassic park has a has a a good happy ending and arguably the lost world does too everything is returned to a natural state the problem with yeah. jurassic world i really want to believe that lockwood had has this island that this island exists and that he he really did intend for a happy ending for these animals um but we're never going to see that happy ending i just don't think it's going to happen because i think even after jurassic world three i think jurassic world three will end with a nice kind of bow to tie up a trilogy but we're to the point where i think universal i just i got a feeling man they might just take this further because it's it's a it's a Mega hit right now. Yeah, I I, I have a, the uh, same feeling that they'll just make spinoffs or make something else. Just maybe wait a few years. I don't know, but at least this storyline with these three movies will be done, and it'll probably wrap up the. But six I don't think it's going to wrap too. up in a happy way. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying about like Star Wars will never end. This may never end. We don't get that conclusion like you do in Jurassic Park. Like everybody always says, it could have just been a one and done, and it was should have been. It, you know, like it, it that should have been the end of the story. And it, it, you know, in in many circumstances, you can even assume that they blew up the island. You know, after that deleted scene in in the Lost World, and even even in Jurassic Park three, which I was watching the other night, and and Billy says. You know, once they figure out what to do with that second island, or, or you know, blah, blah, blah. Or no, no, I don't think Billy says it. Uh, the guy in the crowd, when he's asking Grant a question, um, he says, you yeah. know, which, what we've, once we've, they figure out, the government figures out what to do with that second island. So that's implying that they already figured out what to do with the first island, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would imply that the first island has its, um, it's already met its uh, fate. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's really weird um, that we don't ever have really have an answer as to what happened with Nublar. I mean, I guess until Jurassic World comes along. But um, yeah, I, this, again, we're to the point in this trailer where I, I still feel like we're in the whole like setting up for the negativity just by being a little negative. But again, you know, it's whatever. It's a blockbuster movie now in 2018. It's going to go on forever. And I'm just sad that the dinosaurs are never really going to have a happy ending. It's always going to be man versus dinosaur forever. And also – I got to add the thing that humans constantly fail and continually make the same mistakes. So there's always that little tidbit that people make dumb mistakes over and over and over again. So you can't like deny that. (laughs) 
No, and I think I feel like Jurassic World three is the first time that we're ever going to see original material. Um, and this kind of goes into another point that they're going to bring up about the, these last two movies really mirroring the original two movies. Um, I just don't think that I think because of Jurassic Park three's kind of lackluster uh, per, uh, reception, I feel like Trevor Owen company is going to have to, t- they're not going to be able to mirror as much in the third movie uh, because I think they're going to have to be more original um, than what they've been, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Cause when it comes to Jurassic park, dumb, uh, finds a way meet another flock of one dimensional morons. Some oh. new, some familiar like Claire, the caring animal activist or Owen, the cold hearted mercenary blue is alive. You're just okay. So that was a lot there. Um, Let's meet here. I'm going to go back and take a listen again. Some familiar meet another flock of one dimensional morons. Some new, some familiar. Okay. So one dimensional morons. Um, Uh, I don't think that anybody in the original Jurassic movies were all that three dimensional or two dimensional. Like the humans always served a, um, they always kind of had their not niche. What's the word I'm looking for? They like their, uh, I don't know. Their characterization was one thing. Like Muldoon was one way. Right. You know, like exactly. they, they weren't like, multidimensional. They were just flat characters that were the thing they were. That was it. And I don't, yeah. And I don't think you go to a Jurassic movie to have human growth. Like it's kind of cool that we can get it with the, current trilogy because we are seeing the same characters over and over again but i i never went to jurassic and was like man you know that robert muldoon he's an interesting fella it's like no he's he's there to say this is a bad idea but i'm here making the best of it and he dies like yeah people are either fodder or they're they're there to kind of drive home their one-dimensional message so yeah uh that's nothing new it's tough so i'm not too worried about that it's tough because i that criticism always has bugged me in in any movie the one dimensional character thing I, I don't get it really because yeah sometimes you just need the stereotype of that character in a way just to get your point across i guess um like nedry we don't really see much of him aside from being like an evil like conniving uh you know little guy like there's not much more to him right um, right but even like outside of jurassic like marvel marvel is full of one-dimensional characters oh, yeah. like i don't think that like i mean after all this time sure maybe robert downey jr's character uh iron man has, has been able to kind of you know kind of blossom into an interesting character but it's been 20 movies <laughs> like yeah. we're at 20 movies this time <laughs> you know so yeah. uh when you go I, through I that I, much stuff yeah you have to change it a little bit sort of i think he doesn't criticism really change, is but... fair but i don't think it's unfounded like, I, I think people expect that when they go to see these movies. Yeah, and and let's, let's so we got Zia Franklin, uh, Mills, um, uh, Doctor Wu. Doctor Wu at this point is yeah for sure he's he's one sided, one dimensional because he is just the evil genius at this point. Like that's all he is, and that's fine. Right. Why does he need to be anything else? I mean, it would be nice to see a different side. And I think we do honestly get a different side of him here in a way where he's he's very 
he he was more about his creation in the last movie. This he's also about the creation. A lot of his lines are identical. I feel like to Jurassic World, but he also has that like we can't do this. Like he has some sort of sentiment of like we're doing something wrong here. So I do like that aspect of him. Uh, he does Zeke, have a conscience because he was like, yeah. no, the Indoraptor's not for sale. Yeah, like this they'll is, this, they'll make it. We, yeah. Right, we cannot let this thing out of this building. Like. But then he gets overruled. So yeah. um, it's a nice again, switch. One dimensional character. characters. I'm fine with one dimensional characters. That's all. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with them too. Like Claire, Claire, the caring animal activist, or Owen, the cold hearted mercenary. Blue is alive. Yeah. You're just gonna let her die? Yeah, the mercenary. The mercenary thing. I was gonna, I was talking about this earlier with with Owen and uh, Muldoon, and I actually meant to say it, but I I got sidetracked. Um, Owen is actually way more. Um, he has way more growth and, and backstory than we give him credit for. With and they pointed out in this movie, like he's like, "Where's my raptor wrangler?" And he's like, "Animal behaviorist." He, so he is more than just a guy who rides a motorcycle next to raptors. He, yeah, he there's more, and, and much more to him, and he has to be a smart. He's not just, "I'm gonna punch every." Oh, my favorite scene's on right now. Um, no, he's not just like a punch every guy. And just get out of the room, which, yes, he does in this movie. But he knows he's very smart. And he has to be to train these animals and to, to do what he does. So he doesn't get enough credit. He is the dumb jock, essentially. But there's much more to him, I think. And especially they, they make that point to call it out by saying he's the animal behaviorist. There's, there's more to him. Yeah, and I think the the clip they pull, oh, he's cold mercenary. Oh, yeah, I'm going to let Blue die. I think that's just natural reaction to him being so involved in the science of it and completely accepting that Blue is a wild animal. And sometimes natural disasters happen that kill off wild animals. Like he's letting Blue live out the natural life that was, you know, dealt to her. Um, Maybe, you know, yeah. and it's it's not until the very next scene that he's like, you know what, I, I this is my this is my animal. I do love this animal. I'm going to I'm going to come back around and, and go get her. Now, the way I read that scene is is he's showing off for Claire. He's trying to act tough. He's oh, angry. no, that's not how I read it at all. Really? He is. He is. To me, he's he's bickering with Claire about who broke up with who at that moment. And then essentially he's acting tough and he's like. I don't want to. I don't want to go on this trip. I. You should not go on this trip either. This is a thing that neither of us should be doing. And he's like, she's gonna die. And he's like, okay, whatever. And I think he's acting tough. And then what later when he goes home, he's like, he gets sentimental about it. And he's like, well, yeah. I mean, I do really love this animal. No, see, I think he was more or less saying like, look, we when we abandon them to live on their own, we abandon them to a life of a hard life. Um, of not being taken care of. And, you know, she's now, she's now three years removed of, of human contact. She's at this point, a wild animal and, you know, animals die in natural disasters. And he's saying, this is, this is what the universe has chosen for this animal to interfere would be not good. But then like instantly it's like a change of heart. So I, that's, can, that's I okay. can see both points to be honest. I could see both working in because I really do think that he is kind of, being macho a little bit in a way to Claire. But I, I think that he would have probably that scientific aspect towards him where he says, you know, I, 
I think it's probably time or we can't set we can't risk our own lives to go back to that island. It's it's probably a bad idea, you know, because he, he's the one who said like, uh, well, something like, oh, that's a bad idea. You know, in the first movie, I forget what the line is. Right. Um, right, right. But uh, yeah, I think honestly, I think both could work pretty well in that circumstance. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. And if you're wondering why their personality switched in between films, uh, hey, look over there. It's Jeff Goldblum. You like him, right? Thrill. Okay, yeah. I can't really deny that. I mean, um, uh, definitely definitely Claire's personality changed in between films. <laughs> yeah, her personality <laughs> changes. I don't feel like his really changes. No, um, not really. I think he's, so- a, he's a much more enjoyable character this time around because there's that different dimension to him and the sadness and the caring of blue afterwards. Um, and the fact that he was so cold hearted in that beginning, it just like threw me for a loop. I was like, Whoa, Owen, I actually had the same like reaction as Claire. I was like, Oh, you're better than this. Like what, what are you saying? Like I was actually really concerned at that moment, but I do think Claire, obviously we all kind of think the same thing that she definitely is a different person than she was in Jurassic world. But I've been making that same argument and I've kind of figured it out on the Jurassic mailbag with Jen that we literally only saw Claire for 24 hours. So we can't necessarily say that that's who Claire was. And and yes, that's the Claire we saw and we've lived with for the past three years. But I can't rightfully say that that's who Claire is because of the 24 hours she was portrayed in a movie. Are you talking about the first 24 hours, like in Jurassic World? Yeah. See, to me, Jurassic World is we we learn in Jurassic World that she does have a softer side, like, but she's she's I mean, I'm very well aware of what it's like to work very long hours um at a at a very at a challenging job. So like I I I, I sympathize with her in the sense that she does have these kind of more traditional dreams and this softer side to her, but she worked really hard for a career that she really can't show that side. And so I feel like the Claire that we got in Jurassic in fallen kingdom is the real Claire. It's just that it was buried underneath of this business Claire that was constantly working and busy. Well, that's yes. That's what we've come to the conclusion as fallen kingdom is the real Claire because we have now two instances of this Claire in the evolution of Claire and fallen kingdom. Now Jurassic world is the outlier where she is different there and I think the only thing that makes that point struggle of her being underneath that is the fact that she was so distant to everything. And the point where, like, you know, I mean, yeah, she's distant from her family and the dinosaurs by calling them assets and, and stuff like that. But there's a lot of points in there that make it like, uh, I don't know if I can, like, really see her under there. But that's what I'm trying to say is, like, we only saw her for 24 hours, and we definitely did see these softer sides. And for me, like, it's tough with the Apatosaurus because they're telling you that that is the first time she cared about an animal. <laughs> but you can kind mm. of you can kind of figure things out and just like, I don't know. I get that. That's the I get that what they're portraying is that's the first time she's ever cared. I choose, I think, to think of it as she's coming home. Like, yeah. yeah. She's That's coming what back to, to the love and the roots that she had at one point that we didn't see. I haven't yeah. read the book yet, so I'm – Well, no, that's that's what you're there. supposed to think. That's really what it is. It's it's eye-opening in a, 
in in a different way than you originally thought, I guess. They're kind of, you know, they're retconning it for sure. Um, but it's eye-opening that, like, she now re-cares instead of now cares. Um, so that's that. But, yeah, um, another surface point that I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it, you know, you can criticize that, but it's not really a thing. Let's yeah, we're not, we're not quite to the point yet where I agree. So let's okay. keep going. As these old favorites are joined by all new dinguses, like Wheatley, a paramilitary guy, to replace the last paramilitary guy, who replaced the last paramilitary guys, who replaced the last paramilitary guy, Maisie, a half-baked... Okay, yeah, lots of military guys. I don't know, it's not really fault, but it's funny. Lots of military guys. Honestly, I hate... I, um, I, I hate the military aspects like of Jurassic. Um, I think it's too easy, honestly, like this idea of the military, like especially like the end of Jurassic Park three, Jurassic, the end of Jurassic Park three is the answer to why you shouldn't have the military involved in these movies, really, because it's too easy for a thousand guys to jump out of a bunch of tanks and like take over dinosaurs. It's, it's, it's just not fun to me. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Um, And, Roland Tembo wasn't a military guy at all. He was just a hunter. He was a game hunter. And uh, who are they saying in Jurassic Park 3 is the military guy? Uh, let's go back. Oh, the um, the crew that went to the island. So like Cooper, oh, so, Nash, oh. uh, those guys. Yeah, okay, fine. They're, they're paramilitary. Um, the guy from 4 is definitely paramilitary, and the guy from 5 is definitely paramilitary. But... Again, like that's just an easy that's an easy trope. Um, I would love to not have that in the next movie, um, but there, you're always going to have someone with a gun, and if that guy gets classified or woman gets classified as a military person, then you know so be it. But um, yeah, I think it's a trope that I'm getting a little tired of. Uh, but that's okay. That, yeah, I, I can I, see that's that. Not too yeah. big of a that's not too big of a sin for me. Yeah. Oh, that's the other one. Cinema Sins. Don't they do that? Cinema similar? Sins. There yeah, they do. All right, so let's move on. <laughs> to replace the last paramilitary guy who Still replaced again. the last paramilitary guys who replaced the last paramilitary guy. Maisie, a half-baked clone of all the other kids in the franchise. Literally, a loose collection of nerd okay. cliches. Um, Maisie, a clone of the other kids. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how that's pot. Like, what? Uh, Just uh, because the kid? Yeah. Yeah, that's not anything. I, I, I actually like Maisie. I think she has some interesting depth. That is not anything that he's even remotely touched upon, really, in this movie. It's for the future. This is a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, I I never thought of the kids as being all that super interesting in any of the movies. I mean, I guess, I guess because of my age, when Jurassic Park came out, I was seven, and Tim was nine. So I guess Tim is like the character that like I clung to because I could see Jurassic Park through his eyes, I guess. Um, but I mean, aren't all the kids just clones? Of, they're just kids. Like, yeah, they're just kids. They're essentially one dimensional kids. I mean, some of them like can do gymnastics. Some can do computers. Some are some are dinosaur geeks. Some are like, you know, a clone. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it does, but like, it actually is really interesting. I think. Okay, um, well, let's keep going. Let's keep. Let's going. keep going. <laughs> and Zia, the spunky paleo veterinarian who's never seen a dinosaur before. Never thought I'd see one in real life. Wait, really? 
You studied dino medicine while the park was open to the public, and not only have you never seen one, you never thought you'd see one? What online vet school faxed you a degree? Why bring you instead of a vet who actually worked at the park? And why did this movie make a billion dollars? Uh, but look over there. There's the car from the first movie. So Okay. So right, Zia. This is where I start to agree. So I'm gonna let you Okay. I'm gonna let you take the wheel real quick on okay, this. Okay, I, I could see I could see you sort of agreeing that with that because Surface level again, like it, it doesn't make a ton of sense why you would bring somebody who has never seen a dinosaur. I don't understand how you could work, uh, you know, become that, I guess, without doing some sort of you know testing or uh, research on a dinosaur. It doesn't make a ton of sense because when you become a vet or something like that, or even a real doctor, you do end up working on either cadavers or real animals or something like that. So there is that aspect to it, I guess. Like maybe, I don't know, she should have worked on something. So that is a little interesting. Here's my thing with Zia. Uh, Cause I got, I got beef with Zia and Franklin. Okay. So, so let me, all right. She studied paleo veterinary, whatever. Now the way the world works is that you study veterinary stuff and then like, I guess the, I mean the world in in a world where Jurassic World exists. I guess you wouldn't study paleo veterinary like at a college and then because there's only one place to apply for a job. You know what I'm saying? Like you would study veterinary skills and then you would get an internship at Jurassic World, or you would get into a program where you learned it, or you would get hired by Jurassic World because you. Um, were a veterinarian at a big game like zoo or something like that. Like Jurassic World isn't an entry-level job. So to say I'm going to study paleo veterinary at like the University of Michigan and then only have one place in the world to apply doesn't make any sense to me. Um, okay. Well, here, let me, let me, um, let me combat and, that for one second. Sure. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, in the article, welcome to the DPG. Zia actually mentions here, she says, I'll go first. I'm Zia, the in-house paleo vet. I grew up in Seattle and spent my childhood looking after animals, including my cat, Kizzy. Fast forward a few years, I trained in pre-vet veterinary medicine at Berkeley, hoping to work in dino healthcare at Jurassic World, but never ended up setting foot on Isla Nublar. That is, I accepted an internship at the park right before Anjan and Mizrani Global decided to create, well... You know what happened. The Indominus yeah, Rex. But this critique isn't on the Jurassic Park lore. Yeah. It's on it's on the movie itself. And I yeah. think at, at at face surface, that background, one, that background is not described at all in the movie. No. And two, I think we could argue that unfortunately, I think the DBG was put in a situation where they had to explain away some things. You know, the writers of the DBG, they were put in a situation where it was like Hey, um, we got a problem. We have a character that's backstory kind of doesn't make any sense. Um, fans of the movie go, and they did an amazing job. I think that backstory is like it's perfect, except for it wasn't put into the film. And so I think the critique with this video is making is is based solely on the movie. And I think that's where my critique of Zia comes in um, for the most part. I think her backstory that DPG created is brilliant compared to um, I think what we could have gotten. Um, yeah, with a different team. So I don't know. Uh, I, I get it though. Like it, it's there. It's a thing now. Like it's not a tweet or or something else from an interview. It's actually there. And un, 
unfortunately, that's what I'm talking about is this stuff gets weaponized. Like, and then that is the, the cultural consciousness that is yeah, but... Zia is a terrible character. And, and yeah, maybe, maybe on the surface in the movie, but we are super fans and we are supposed to take in this stuff. Sure, but as super fans, we're also the minority. Like this video isn't necessarily made for us. In, in fact, yeah, it's, of course, it's made to it's made to enrage us, right? Yeah, um, as super fans, and it's made to get general audiences kind of a good jab and a good laugh at 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 what they're maybe trying to pull apart. I, I don't necessarily think this stuff is again is done with a mean spirit. It's just done for money and clicks. Mm, um, yeah, I don't know, but sometimes I it think does there, feel mean. I think there's a lot of money to be made in negative uh, media. So yeah. That's the unfortunate uh, part. I, you know, I just my, think you, you – why – I don't know. I I get it. It's the clicks and all that stuff. But I don't know. Do a little research or, or care a little bit or something like that. I don't know. It just I feels lazy my, to me. I think my bigger beef might is the fact that Franklin is obviously supposed to be Lowry. And for some reason, they felt like they had to replace that character to give us more of a a vast like world. Um he he displays all of the same behavioral traits as Lowry. Lowry is someone who works at Jurassic World but was too afraid to go to an old bunker to buy a Jurassic Park t-shirt. So he buys one off eBay and has it shipped to where this thing is probably sitting in a crate somewhere. Like, like Lowry's afraid to go into the park. And so I actually would have loved to see Lowry come back. Like, hey, he leaves Jurassic World. He respects Claire uh, for handling it the way she did and he goes to work with her at the dpg and then he comes he he gets suckered in to go with her to uh nublar again and he's he was the tech guy in the last movie why is he not her number one tech guy in this movie like it just didn't make any sense to me and i think because i in general didn't like i didn't like uh franklin as much as lowry that led me back into like so why wasn't lowry just back yeah, unfortunately, that that boils down to a personal choice that you don't like, and that's oh, my one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And that's the thing, though. Colin Trevorrow did recognize the fact that on Empire Podcast that in the early moments of the script, Lowry was Franklin, so there it was there. It it was a thought process that he went through, but decided we should just introduce somebody else. You know, maybe Lowry would never ever go back to that island. You know that that's a a very fair, um, you know. Oh, I think it's a fair that he would never too. go so, back. Yeah, again, this boils down to my personal um, thing, and I just I feel like for a character that I didn't necessarily love the acting for, I think I just would have much rather have had a character that I knew and liked in the last movie. Um, but again, yeah. you're right. That's totally a personal. Yeah. That's it totally could, personal it could have been. Yeah, it would have been great with Lowry in there too. I, I like Franklin. I think he's funny. I like his quips um, and and stuff like that. But I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I really like his different tone compared to somebody like Owen, who they have that funny, you know, exchange in the beginning of the movie where he's like, "We are not compatible." Like, and he's talking about. You know, he's afraid to fly. He's not going to get on a thousand pound horse and, and go through a, you know, forest or something. And he's talking about riding a bike through the the jungle with the raptors. And I just, I love that comparison between the two guys, how different they are, but how Franklin steps up when he needs to. It, I just like, I like Franklin actually. Uh, Yeah. Can we just, I just want to give a special shout out to that scene, man. I love that scene when he just, 
so nonchalantly off the cuff is like, yeah, I rode a bike. I rode a motorcycle with Raptors. <laughs> like he just admits to the ridiculousness of that scene. Yes, um, that is. Which is fantastic. So, so good. I love it. And it just like, it comes off as like this little bar joke that he's like, well, you know what? I, I rode a, you know, my bike through the forest with a bunch of Raptors. I just think it's so funny. Like I, I yeah, it's great. got such a kick out of it. Uh, let's move on here. Oh, I guess it's a wash. Watch as the dinosaurs you used to look at with awe and reverence get turned into Looney Tunes. So they're showing... Um, Led by another... They showed the uh, Stiggy hitting his head, or hitting her, I don't know, I think it's her, um, on the um, the metal bar, and then the Indoraptor um, f- you know, floating the tail up to kind of distract uh, Wheatley. So you're not a, a big fan of the... I guess personification, like the human elements of, of these animals, right? No. And for me, that starts in Jurassic Park three, when like the Tranodon looks into the camera, uh, <laughs> as a, like, as kind of a, a the, humanized raptor does it too, right? <laughs> the what? I think a raptor does it in that movie too, right? Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Probably. Um, the Indo- but- I, literally as I'm watching Falling Kingdom, the Indoraptor turned and looked at the cam- camera too. So there you go. Well, no, 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 no. There's a difference. The, the the way the Tyrannodon does it is he looks at you. There's a difference between looking a little bit past the camera and directly looking into the the audience. The Tyrannodon directly looks at the audience, which I, I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> but Fallen Kingdom takes the pers- – I don't think personification is the right word. Um, I'm going to say humanization. For me, it takes it a little too far far um i really dislike the smiling of the indominus uh of the indoraptor um the tail kind of would be i'd be fine with it if it wasn't like smiling and faking sleeping uh in the front part of the shot my problem Um, with the indominus or indoraptor is it's not smiling it's the resting position of its mouth i don't think so i've watched this scene over and over and it's it's not changing its mouth position. i will i will default to you because you've seen this more but at first glance when i saw this yeah. in the movies i was like oh uh-huh. I, I get it 100 percent because the mouth does tilt upwards it, it yeah, you know mouth, it has the jagged the mouth. mouth line but then it goes up but that's the mouth like there's I, there's no other way to describe the mouth I don't know. like that's just if my mouth was in a constant smile that's what this mouth would be like I, don't know. I I guess I could swear there's a little animation there where that thing moves the <sighs> the creases of its mouth and smiles. I could be wrong. Again, I've only seen it once. But even I if it does, even if it does move its mouth, it's moving its mouth. Like that's it. That's what it does. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm I really worked up on the mouth thing because a lot of people, you know, tweet at me with that. So I just it just it drives me a little nuts. Um, and the I, I will say. The first time that the Stiggy Mollet comes out and kind of bangs its head, I was like, I was like, oh, that's, that's funny. Um, but I don't, I, I was like, that's funny, but I don't really like funny, like in a Jurassic movie. So like, I don't yeah. know if I like this, but then it like, it kept doing it. And I was like, kept doing what? Don't be like, oh, what do it you kept, mean? Like, like the, running into things. The, uh, like, it did? Like, yeah. Didn't it like run into a couple more poles or something? Like. No, I mean, it, I mean, it. you know, he forced him to uh, run into the wall a bunch of times, which is, yeah, that's a dumb dinosaur. But um, then, it, yeah, it hit the pole, but then it, it ran into many, many humans. 
oh, you know what? No, when it hits that pole coming out of the door and it like it stops and it like shakes. I remember just kind of thinking that was goofy. But yeah, like, whatever. Uh, that is to a me, goofy. I'm more or less yeah. just bummed about the Indoraptor smile, which is there. It, it does. It, uh, the mouth does slightly move, but I'm, I, I don't consider it a smile. I just think the mouth is already somewhat elevated uh, in the position it is. That it that, it, just, it moves very slightly, and it creates a smile look. But it's I, I would not say that the Indoraptor is smiling. And there's a lot of stuff about the Indoraptor taunting humans, um, it, it's stuff like that to um, to to essentially kill them, which is is pretty awesome, I think. And and there's yeah, there's cool, a bit where why does it smile? <laughs> there's a bit where it it knocks out the lighting in its cage to lure humans in to fix it and then kills them and then it plays with their skulls and it's it's so brutal and yes it's not in the movie but well where's that uh, there's a lot of stuff on the deleted features and stuff like that or the um not deleted fe- uh the special features but what yeah it, it there's a there's an image of it like playing with the skull and stuff like that it's pretty pretty cool that's awesome why yeah. is that not in the movie i don't know I don't know. I forget. I think, did he talk about it? Somebody talked about it too on like an interview, but that's the thing. Like that's what they're saying it does when you put those two and two together and then you see it doing it here. And also the fact that like, that's part of the lore as well is like the Indoraptor. It was set up that there was a scene where you saw the Indoraptor or somebody mentions that the Indoraptor, if you shoot it with three darts, it'll go down. If you shoot it with two, it's not going to go down. Wheatley walks in, shoots it with two darts, and the Indoraptor is playing a game at that point. And he knows how to, you know, he knows how to lure people in and kill them. So I think that's pretty fun when you look at it like that. Oh, I don't mind that it could connive. Like we learned in Jurassic Park 3, which is canonical. Yeah, they they can set up. Um, they're conniving. They can set up traps and they're smart enough to do it. I just for me, it was the smile and like the playing, the playful nature of it, I thought was really weird. Like, I keep taking this back to orcas. You look at an orca, you can't tell, and they do, they play with their food before they eat it. You can't tell if it's happy or sad while it's doing it because it's just, it's an animal. They don't, they don't emote yeah, like that. I can get the struggle um, with a smile. I, I, I get it. Um, but it really, well, we'll agree really to disagree isn't. on that. Yeah, topic. it's really not too too much of a issue. I don't think it's, if you can let it's it like go. Ten seconds in the movie. So yeah, I'm if not... you can let it go, I think it's it's a fun like focus on something else because I think like there's some good stuff there, especially with that killing scene. I think that is phenomenal. I think there are I think there are bigger faults in the entire Jurassic Park franchise than this one. Yeah, this one thing for sure. Let's move on. Led by another pointless hybrid. The Indoraptor. She's part raptor and part Indominus Rex, which was also part raptor. <laughs> that thing's part raptor. I, I did so think now, about that. She's like even more parts raptor, and she'll kill whoever you can point a gun at. And trying to respond to a pulse-coded laser targeting system. But if you're confused as to how that's more efficient than just shooting someone, uh, look, it's uh, an oil painting of John Hammond. Does that still do it for you? No. <laughs> Okay, so you have any issue with the Indoraptor being an in, uh, raptor on a raptor on a raptor? Uh, no, other than the fact that uh, eventually I did kind of come to the idea that I kind of wish they just would have um, – I, I wish they would have cloned a Utah raptor 
uh, with blues like DNA only in the sense that I feel like they could have taken away the whole stigma of doing another hybrid. And they could have said, because of this Raptor's larger brain cavity, it is exponentially smarter than like a Velociraptor. Right. So um, I think they actually could have escaped the whole hybrid thing just by naming that animal something different and then saying like oh and we also kind of mixed it with blue and we mixed it with the indominus which gives it kind of its style um but again i think if they just would have called it a utah raptor like the the whole hybrid controversy would have gone away yeah again i that's just like that's just the personal preference thing um uh, yeah, I have a lot of those things like in movies. And I can't sometimes I can't let them go, but I think um, I think the Indoraptor is perfectly set up, especially when you look back at Hoskins talking about we need to create yes. smaller yep. versions of these things to get in there. And and somebody brought it up to me as like, well, well how come the Indoraptor doesn't camo? Like, what's going on there? The 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 indominus camo well how come this one doesn't but i think we we get the good sense that this thing was a uh you know a test in a way it was not re- is the f- version one two or three it wasn't the fo- the like the final version um of the creature so i think there was a lot of work right. and they talk about you can see the twitching and the the uh you know shaking of this creature it's not perfect and they they made a point to say that so uh that's besides the point but i i just like um pointing that out yeah, for me, the big issue in this portion and the part that I completely agree with um, would be the gun. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if you can just, if you're going to point a gun at someone, a laser focused gun at someone to tell the Indoraptor where to go, why not just shoot the person? Um, it was you, and I think someone else around me, I was having a conversation about this at work, and they were like, well, but there are, there are like, there is modern technology where because missiles like you would guide missiles sometimes with like a laser uh targeting system and you would target the laser on the building because you can't necessarily get the laser on obviously a person inside the building um and so i guess the idea would be that like you would point the laser at like a door and the indoraptor would like break down the door to get whatever was inside um my only gripe about that argument is that they show the effects of the indoraptor twice in the movie they show it when it's in the cage as a sample and then they show it by pointing the laser at owen on the roof and i'm like you all right (laughs) oh my god talking about the uh indominus too much it just launched itself off my shelf (laughs) (laughs) and then brought a ton of toys with it oh my god Oh, Woo! No. That was scary for a second. I didn't know if the entire thing was going to fall. Oh, oh so good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so anyway, I just I wish they would have illustrated just one time the Indoraptor trying to get through a door because of the laser. That's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can sympathize with you there. I mean, I think the uh, I think that was I think it was nicely set up. It was foreshadowing like, oh, this is going to be used later. And, and it, I wouldn't say that. The second time it was like showing you, it was it was paying off. That's the way I would see it. But um, I think you have to assume with that, uh, you know, the 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 initial sequence. You have to assume. You have to to make some jumps, leaps and bounds, I guess, to 
to think about where they would take the technology. So if, if you don't feel like doing that, that's fine. Um, but in my mind, I'm like, I get it. it. It works for me. Yes, you could just shoot the person. But at the same time, maybe you're not going after a person. Maybe you're going after something else or a vehicle or a building like, like you had mentioned. Like if you're pointing that into a doorway and you know that there's a, a bunch of people in there, you just point it in the doorway and it would just go in and wreak havoc, I would assume. Um, or the vehicle or whatever, but, and, and in this instance, we learned that the bullet, the the bullets are not there. The bullets are not working something it's jammed. So that would work, right? I mean, I don't know. I just think that they could utilize it in other ways, which is certainly not shown in the movie, but, um, I get the criticism. Yeah. I think, I think my criticism is founded there. Like I'm not gonna, yeah, no, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. But I, I think it's also like, you have to, you have to like, you have to just go with it in a way because you like suspend your yeah, disbelief a exactly little bit. i i i will yeah. admit to that clayton fioriti was talking about um indiana jones today on twitter and he mentioned raiders of the lost ark and i think it was he was talking about that end sequence where you know they're left on that island indian marion the only two and then the next sequence i believe is like him in in washington and you're like well how how did he get you know if you want to really create some problems, how did it get off the island? How did, you know, how did any of that, like, so you could really, like, boil down any movie to, to criticisms and stuff like that. So it's it's weird, but I just like to let things go. I, I don't really care about that stuff. That's me personally. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. All right, next thing. Enjoy a feature-length homage to the other weak follow-up to a Jurassic Park movie. Uh, no, the- you, no, 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 no. Lost World. Where- no, 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 no. You're not, first off. No, I'm not going to let that slide. We're not. We're not going to sit here and call the Lost World a weak follow-up. Hammond, is that still stop good for you. Listen no. to this again. This is this is what he said. Enjoy a feature-length homage to the other weak follow-up to a Jurassic Park movie, The Lost World. We're- no, 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 no. We're not. We're not. We're not doing that. All right, I'm gonna. No, man. Devil's, ad- Devil's advocate. Hold, hold on, Rich. <laughs> Here's the problem. There is no one in this world that loves the Lost World like I love the Lost World. All right, I can name a lot of people that might. Okay, there's, 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 there's a bunch, but <laughs> what what I am willing to come to terms with is that the general population of this planet, out of the seven billion people that live here, a majority of those people would probably say that the Lost World is a weak sequel. I don't think it's a weak sequel because I think it's a sequel that does something different than the first movie, which is rare these days. But I could see that in a general scheme of things that people would argue that the lost world is a weaker follow-up to a great film. And so when you look at this movie and you say, why, why are they doing this movie again? And I, I want to give them the credit of saying, because the fans love it. Well, we didn't even jump to that yet. The 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 fact that they're mirroring it, but just the fact that he says it's a weak follow up really bugs me. Because that oh. yeah, maybe that's a general consensus, but it shouldn't be. And and I stop think that's a general consensus. And this, but this leads into my the next thing, so we can keep going with the report. yeah. Go ahead. So the, well, uh, I'll go actually, and sure. I'll point out the fact that yes, Stiggy does hit another pole. Um. As I just saw it on TV. The movie wah, wah. ended and I rewound, rewound it. So we've talked the entire Fallen Kingdom. 
where an Fantastic. old cast member gets summoned to the estate of an ailing original park founder, then sent to the island to save the dinosaurs, only to get double-crossed by a slimeball junior exec who secretly hired a hunter to bring the dinosaurs back to the mainland for profit. But while Lost World turned the third act into Diet Godzilla, Fallen Kingdom limits all the action to the inside of an old man's house and then ends right when it gets interesting. Okay, so... Uh... I don't, there's not much to say about this, I don't think, aside from, yeah, it, it definitely does all those things, um, but it, they're they're very different. Like, you can't, yes, surface, surface level. That's what I always said about the trailer is the trailer certainly looked like it was going to be like The Lost World. And even Colin and J.A. were like, yeah, it does, you know, it does have elements of The Lost World, but it's not, it's not The Lost World. And no, I, I, think I mean there are certain elements see, that are, but not. When you look at the movie as a whole, it is not anything like the Lost World. Oh, see, I would like really, I would really disagree with that. I mm-hmm. think this movie, I think this movie mirrors the Lost World in a in an almost crazy amount in the sense that it's like the only to me the only because di- you have people going to take dinosaurs off the island, and then you have a scene where dinosaurs come to you have an act where dinosaurs come to the mainland. But the, the thing is, is that the dinosaurs coming to the mainland was more or less just like a, a finale scene. Whereas the dinosaurs on the mainland is like the last half of this movie. So it's really the same like premise as the lost world. It's just that the, the timeline of events is a little shifted in this one. Um, I, I think that they could have deviated a little bit more but I do enjoy the fact that they, again, are paying homage to something that I loved as a kid, um, and 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 all that. And, and but to be quite honest with you, like as he says, oh, it, it quits right when it gets interesting. I'm in the major minority on this. I don't think dinosaurs on the mainland is interesting, and that. But again, that's personal. That's personal preference. Um, you know, when when he announced that they were leaving the island, I was like. I think I was like the only one who was like, but no, that's what I like about it. And, and I don't think we're going to get that in the next film, which is unfortunate. Well, yeah, I don't really, a lot of people were like up in arms. Like, oh yeah, we got to get rid of the island. We got to get off this thing. I don't, I'm not there. Like I, I would love to just stay on the islands forever. That, But I'm, I'm open to the, uh, the mainland. Um, yeah. And I think that's, I think that stems from Jurassic world itself is not, it, if I was in charge of the franchise, that's not at all what I would have done. I would have, I would have made Jurassic world like a adventure park where things do go wrong sometimes. And you just kind of, you know, you, you take that risk, you go on vacation and you sign those waiver forms, you know, like, um, and I would have made Jurassic park more, Jurassic world, more like a day in the life kind of like this week at Jurassic world, something bad goes wrong. Um, you know, and, and this is how the ACU is going to do it. And not to say that that would be a bad thing, but that's not what we got. Mm-hmm. We got what we got. And now we're moving forward with that. And I think you just have to be on board with it. Yeah. So I, I want to see here. What did they the say? The Lost again? World, where an old cast member gets summoned to the estate of an yeah. original park founder. Okay. So, yeah, that's a generalization of what happens there. Mm. Um. So yeah, I guess I don't know. If if you look at the shot for shot thing, it's a bit, it's a bit much. But <laughs> I I love that. I will never criticize mirroring. I'm perfectly fine saying that. I love mirroring. I would take more mirroring if that's what it came down to. 
we're also in a world where the lost world is available to us any time of the day. I mean, in, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen the lost world since its initial run, you probably wouldn't even have noticed. Oh no, no, not at all. Um, then sent to the Island to save the dinosaurs only to. Yeah. So they're, they're sent to the Island, to save the dinosaurs. Sh- sure. Um, that's not really, ex- I mean, it's why they went there in the lost world. They went there to research them, but there was, uh, you know, the um, Nick Van Owen was was the uh, what, what did he call himself? Um, it was like Plan B or something. Yeah, like, something like pl- that. But he's he's the contingency plan or contingency something like that. Plan, but I the think, thing yeah. is, they go there to research them so they can save them from not being brought to the mainland. Like, uh, I don't know. They're they're sent there so that they can save them and keep them on their sanctuary island. Like. What they're going to well, do? It was, yeah, it was Fallen it, Kingdom. They weren't going to save them. They weren't going to do anything. They, John Hammond's intention was to keep them there, right? Which yeah. essentially is saving them, right? In his eyes, right? He's like, I mean, "We're going to save these animals by keeping them there." I don't think so. I mean, I, that's not the. I don't think saving them. I think he just wanted to research them, study their habitats, and everything. I don't think it was really about saving them. Yeah, it was because he was like, we have to research them because we have to get public opinion to say, don't bring these animals to San Diego. They knew. No, they weren't. See, gonna, the, the, the this San Diego is, thing wasn't really part of the first half of the movie. Like there, that wasn't the plan. Yeah, it was. He says, you have to find, he says, you need to document these animals before this lost world is found and pillaged. Pillage means like taken away from. So like yeah. he knew. Well, yeah, he, he see, knew. He knew, but I we think, didn't know. Like that was that was part of it. Well, Hammond knew. Ian didn't yeah. know. Yeah, Ian didn't know. And yeah, we're through his eyes, so we had no clue either. Uh, see, I I mean, I, but we find out really early on, like really early on the island, that that's what the plan is, is to take them to San Diego. So like, it wasn't yeah. like a surprise at the end of the movie. No, like, no we no. learn in the tent that like, yeah, that's the plan. And that's why Ian was sent See, when he says this lost world is found and pillaged, I felt like people want to take dinosaurs off this island. Like, I, I kind of knew going, even as like a 10 year old, I was like, oh, they want to take dinosaurs off this island because pillage means to like take away. So that's what I, that's, that's what I took from it when I was a kid. So maybe, sure. maybe just people didn't. I don't know. Sure. Uh, let's see. We get double crossed by a slimeball junior exec who secretly hired a hunter to bring the dinosaurs. So they get. Double crossed by a slime ball junior exec, whatever. Um, they get the double crossed, yes. Mills double crossed them, that's for sure. And looks uh, just like uh, little Hammond or whatever is Ludlow. I mean, he, that's just like saying a guy with beard and glasses looks like me. That's I hate that criticism. Ooh, I dropped my I dropped my microphone. Hold on, I don't know, man. It's a little too on the nose They're, for me, but the double, he, um. It's a little uh, on the nose, but honestly, I didn't realize it until they showed the side by side. Yeah, so, but they, like, there's no like, double crossing in the in the Lost World. It's two separate plans, and and if anything, their their team helped them. Like, you know, um, Roland and and the crew helped uh, Ian's team, even though they were the ones who double crossed them. So there's yes, a little bit I, difference there. There is a com- there is a camaraderie that happens eventually because they realize that they're all screwed. So, yeah. um. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, humanity is always going to band together in a situation like that to help each other out. Yeah. Like, I don't. I honestly think it wouldn't have made sense if like 
Ludlow's team was like, well, see you later. Like, you know, forget you guys. Like, I think humanity would band together, especially a lot of these guys are just paid thugs. Well, I mean, they're the, they're the reason they're in that position in the first place. So I could kind of see them being like, screw you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, I still think the mirroring is a little tense, okay. but um, I don't mind it so much. Yeah. Dinosaurs back to the mainland for profit. But while Lost World turned the third act into Diet Godzilla, Fallen Kingdom limits all the action to yeah. the inside of an old man's house and then ends right when it gets right. interesting. Remember the shot from the actual trailer? Yeah, this is really just a trailer for the next movie inside this movie. Mm. So get sure. ready to That's suspend unfair. That's unfair, though. Because one of the greatest endings to an Amblin movie is Back to the Future 2 when <laughs> yeah. Marty McFly yeah. gets the letter from Doc saying... He's alive. Like, that's fantastic. And or so even to say, like, first oh, movie's this is ending a... too. Wait, what? Even even uh, Back to the Future One, but you know they literally have the same opening sequence redone in Back to the Future Two. So it's like, yeah, I just think it's unfair to say like, oh, this is a commercial setup for the next movie. Well, Marvel movies are all commercials for yeah. a movie ten years in the future. So yeah. I, I was, it, is, it is what it is. I was bummed with that scene just in general, the fact that it wasn't expanded upon and we saw it in a trailer, but that's a different criticism in itself. Sure. Um, but let's see. And or the flow of oxygen to your brain for the best reason since book of Henry for keeping Colin Trevorrow 500 yards away from a star Wars script at all times. I, I really can't stand anybody criticizing Colin for star Wars. He, maybe the book of Henry was a weird movie, um, but it wasn't really all that bad. I haven't seen it, so I'm not even going to speak to it. Um, uh, yeah, I can't stand the criticism though for Star Wars. It really bugs me. And it, in in the age where we are constantly at war with people tearing down um, actors, actresses, you know, people who create content, um, like Kelly Marie Tran, who was destroyed, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and she left, you know, she was the one, she played Rose Tico in The Last Jedi. And, you know, lots of people hated that movie and they took it out on her and they treat her so poorly that she left, you know, all the social media platforms and has to feel, you know, not very confident, I guess, maybe. But, um, and then, and then Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks, and you learn about his story, how he nearly killed himself because of the criticism. So it's, it's not it's not good to do this to keep harping on it. And that really, really bothers me. No, I think it's unfair to harp on it. Um, because one, it's something that's in the past. Um, it's done and it's over. Uh, and two, I personally thought fallen kingdom for, for the critiques that I have out of love on this movie. I think fallen kingdom was miles better than episode eight, uh, or last Jedi or whatever. Um, fallen kingdom to me now i know you like episode eight i personally i i really didn't care for it um where but i also don't care too much for star wars in general like mm -hmm. i like the original trilogy and i would say that's probably the major extent of of my enjoyment um but at least yes fallen kingdom was safe and it mirrored a lot of things but it didn't i, I still think it was better it didn't kind of disappoint me in like like where I felt like Luke Skywalker was a disappointment to me in, in last Jedi. So, okay. um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. They played it safe and they kind of mirrored it, but I was, I was overall happy at the end. Um, I thought this was a weaker film, I think in the Jurassic series, but I think it was 
miles better than a lot of movies that we that we get uh, given these days. Yeah, The Last Jedi is a tough one for me. I I fall in line with a lot of the stuff that we were talking about, like personal criticisms. Like I have a lot of things I would be like, oh, it would have been it would have been so much cooler if they had done this. But what is that? What good is that going to do me? It's just going to make me angry about that movie. So I've tried to like let those things go and just accept what is there. And I actually enjoy what is there. Um, and right. I, I do do still have like some issues with things that I think should have been done differently, but it hasn't really ruined my enjoyment. I think there's a lot to love about that movie. Um, so it's tough though. I get it. The The personal criticisms are tough to get around. But I, I do think, I think it's time to get over the Colin Trevorrow uh, Star Wars debacle. Like it, it was one, it's been so long since he left. And two, he was on and off that movie so quickly like it literally felt like a month or two to me. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I no, I mean it was a lot that. longer than that. But, but he, um, it, the the issue really boiled down to when Carrie Fisher died, and there was a difference in opinion on which direction they should go, and um, that's really what what it boils down to. And that's that's really tough, you know, to to put all of this on him when it just didn't work out. Like the 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 their eyes weren't like aligned and they just couldn't figure this out um so hopefully hopefully jj abrams comes up with a good you know idea here i don't know i wasn't necessarily a fan of his his take but uh we'll we'll find out (laughs) and finally bid farewell to your jurassic park fandom as it slowly and painfully choked to death by the smoldering ash of the thing you once loved Uh, quick, cut to the brachiosaurus from the first movie. I don't that's know the same one. Anymore. What is wrong with you people? Okay, yeah, that's that's a little messed up. I have criticized what? that about about the brachiosaurus being the same one. Oh well, one. It's now. <laughs> see, here's the thing. So they don't want to research Zia's backstory. Yeah, but they're gonna use this outside tweet to justify a comment, like. That's dumb. Like, and I, I agree. I don't think it's the Brachiosaur. So I don't need it to be the Brachiosaur from the first movie. Yeah. Um. I think it was genius that it was a Brachiosaur. I think it was oh, yeah. genius. Like, the way and I've gone over this in the podcast before. The way that trailer went off. Do, do you remember the first time? And they're like talking to you as the audience. Like, it was so good. It was so well done. Yeah. And if I was to take personal preference, you know, maybe you could have said if the T Rex died, maybe it would have been more impactful but i think the brachiosaurus was 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 perfect so there's no change in that for me oh yeah i don't care if the t-rex dies i know you're so weird man i I want a (laughs) t-rex i don't want a movie without a t-rex that's just dumb i don't care if it's rexy yeah it doesn't matter to me they're 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 animals i love animals i love animals too but like i don't know i'm not in a personal relationship with rexy the t-rex so I guess I can't really say. <laughs> I don't know. Me either, dude. I'm not in any personal relationships with dinosaurs, but uh, I do have nice connections, I guess you could say. Fair enough. Starring Redhead Redemption, Indiana Groans, and the Temple of Gloom, <laughs> Womb Clone to Liz, X-20 Twee, I like, uh, Lord Plotwood of Devicingham, Billy Quizboy, Courage the Cowardly Dev, it puts the dinos in their pen or else it gets the hose again. I don't even know. Fun what that for is. the whole family. 
and 30 minutes of Goldblum's time, 30 seconds of actual movie, and 30% of the misleading trailer. Huh? The Bland Before Time. Is that it? No, it's still going. Okay, now they're just going to... This is the Maisie scene. They're alive. The end of the movie. Like me. What? Hey, baby, I hear the blues of car. Okay, that was it. All right, so, so we got one like redhead, what? redhead redemption, brilliant. Redhead redemption, love it. I, I do like that, and I, and the Indiana Jones thing is 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 spot on because Owen uh, is so like centered on Indiana Jones in this movie. Whether it's the Raiders callback with the run like down the mountain, uh, that is a hundred percent callback to Raiders of the Lost Ark in the opening sequence when he's running away from the Hovitos. And then you have uh, the the action sequence in the auction room is 100% Indiana Jones. Like, I know I initially, like, would call it, like, James Bond or Jason Bourne, but the rough-and-tumble aspect of it is certainly Indiana Jones. So that, that works. Um, so really, okay, so we got the silly names. They always do silly names, yeah. and it doesn't matter. I don't think that's nah, really a, a, a knock on the movie or anything. Um what I disagree with is that thinking that the trailers were misleading. Um, he was Jeff Goldblum was never shown in anything other than that courtroom, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was smart for anybody to go when someone's like, "Oh, Jeff Goldblum's back." Did you think that he would be back for like a majority of this film? No, it was a pipe dream to assume he would ever step foot on an island again. And yeah. you saw that sequence, and I assumed that was it. I assumed that was the only scene. And then we heard he only shot for, like, a day. And then he said that in the behind the scenes. It was only a day. So, yeah, I mean, when you I, hear that, you're like, well, that's not – that's it. That's all we're going to get. I hope it's a little bit more lines than we hear in the trailer. That's all I can hope for. And we got more lines than we heard in the trailer. I think yeah, that's different fair lines to say. Too. But, like yeah. – I, one, we got the scene that I wanted, the courtroom scene, and yep. I just – I mean it wasn't even a day. He probably sat in a trailer for a good majority of days practicing <laughs> lines that were handed to him that morning. Like oh, he the, way, the way that works on, is man. like – What? He doesn't need to practice. He just shows up and he's like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah, doesn't totally. have anything like, to do with it. That scene, that scene was cast. It was lit. It was um, lit with a, a – a stage, not a stage actor, but like a proxy actor. And they were ready to go. And they were like, all right, get, get Mr. Goldblum. And he walked on, probably delivered the lines <laughs> twice and yeah, collected yeah. his paycheck. Like I literally don't, I can't, again, you like, you said it perfectly. That was a pipe dream for anybody to think that he was coming back for a large portion. And I think honestly with Ellie and Allen, it's a pipe dream to assume that they will be back in a major way in the future like yeah this is our baseline right like we we have you, this to assume that it'll be small you want to talk about stupid how stupid would alan have to be to go back to i mean now he doesn't have a choice the dinosaurs are coming after him in montana but like how stupid would he be to go back on an island like that would just be nonsensical well yeah and i just watched jurassic park 3 like i said and, and i love the fact that he's like no force on earth or heaven is ever going to get me back on that island. And it, like, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he, I mean, he like, he accepts that and he's not getting back on the island until they double cross him. Oh, so, that's true. You know, he would, yeah. he never intended on doing it, but it, it happened. You know, like you can't assume your plane's going to crash or you're going to, you have a family that lied to me this entire time. Like, and the funny thing was we're talking for so long here, but like I, I pointed out the fact that the Kirby's Amanda Kirby says like, Oh yeah. And we, we have two tickets on the first commercial flight to the moon. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's how you try to sell Alan Grant on the fact that like you guys are rich and famous and this is why you should come with me. She's like, a schemer, man. It's just so funny. And I just like, I've totally forgot about that line, and I was just cracking up about it the rest of the night. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I just, I, I like you said, pipe dreamed to think he was going to come back. and I think he'll be back in the next one. Like, there's I no reason so. not to think that he won't have a similar role in the next film. I hope so. We'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I hope so, too. But um, as long as you're wrapped up there, that's that's it. That's the uh, that's the whole Honest trailer. We did it, and we didn't fight too badly. No, of course not. It's all in good fun. It is. Um, but yeah, I don't like that was a man, that was a really good segment. And it was a really long segment too, it, which is good for the listeners, I think. It was definitely longer than I expected. I mean I knew it was gonna be long, but I'm like, alright, we have an hour. We'll do this. We'll knock it out in forty five minutes. Nope. Hour and a half That's later. Right. <laughs> That's alright. That's alright. So listeners- I will not apologize for this two and a half hour plus episode so if you guys like the long episodes you're welcome if you hate them you're gonna get another one next month uh yeah and probably next week as well because jen's back in in the mailbag so it's it's long segment after long segment here so get used to it um but yeah let's wrap it up here aaron where can everybody find you online uh you guys can find me at Aaron D. Byer on Twitter, and you can uh, tell me whether or not Muldoon's uh, clothes were his own liking or a <laughs> costume that Hammond made him wear. Uh, and please, uh, this week, as you are making your Jurassic World purchasing decisions, please support uh, you know some of the work we do uh, by buying the 3D version if you can. Uh, remember that the 3D version does come with a 2D version as well. Uh, but yeah, always would appreciate the love on the 3D if you can. Awesome. Well, uh, make sure to go check everything you mentioned there. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here in the Jurassic Wire, and we'll see you next month. Have a good one, Brad. Are you hearing this? Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 169th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to my co-anchor, Aaron, for having nearly the opposite viewpoint on so many topics. I think it just helps create a fair and balanced look on the franchise. You know, we don't always see eye to eye, but I do think it shows how much better it is to debate and stay true to ourselves than argue and dive into toxicity. So we do look forward to doing this all over again next month in the Jurassic Wire. 
If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com to find everything you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you could submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. You want to go <laughs> live in your van like a bum? Go ahead, Owen. And I said... Okay. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.